Blog Talk Radio. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Get my candy, you don't have a chance. I'll send you to the sea, SpongeBob SquarePants. Let Chuck you from the freak, I'll run them up. Fun size? Has me like, yeah, yeah. Racing, toothbrush, dots, and apples. If you give me these, you're just an Want my sneakers? Reese's Keith cats and tricks. Fruit M&M's, pop rocks, and nerds in the mix. You like homeless eat? You know that sound. Candy crunch food. Candy crunch rather pounds. Like crunch, crunch, crunch. Talking. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Get it. King size candy getting king size candy. King size candy getting king size candy. King size candy getting king size candy. On Halloween getting king size candy. King size candy getting king size candy. Yes, welcome to another big fake radio show. It's our Halloween spooktacular. That's right. We're closing out Shocktoberfest. And it's uh me and new Larry, Kevin Jank. Jank, are you there? Hey, Bob, a re-Bob. <laughs> hey, that's a, <laughs> What's a quote on? from the movie we'll be discussing tonight. Yeah. Oh, just hearing it gets me wet. <laughs> well, that's, that's more than <laughs> I needed to know. But all right. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing a big Halloween show tonight. Uh, later in our, uh, the, probably the second hour of the show, we'll be uh, discussing Sleepaway Camp. Kevin Jackson. Yeah, what Sleepaway a film. Camp. This is Larry's favorite. <laughs> really, movie it's too. Larry. It's old Larry's beloved sleepaway camp. But I don't think there's anyone on the planet who loves him more. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> but, uh, this is like the hey, breaking uh, case of emergency movie. Like, <laughs> you know, if this doesn't work, I don't know what will. Yeah, he's not coming back. All right. Uh, also on the line, I just saw he popped up. It's our old buddy Tuffy. Uh, let's check in with Tuffy. Tuffy. Hello. Hey, there's Tuffy, everybody. Now, Tuffy, did you watch Sleepaway Camp? Yes. It was incredible. All right. <laughs> yeah. Save it. Save it. We'll discuss it later. Tuffy knows. Um, uh, also joining us this evening, though, i got to put in a call. we got a, oh, we got a guest. Um, let's see. It's it's uh, Kevin Jenks' arch rival on Flea Market Fantasy. <laughs> Wait, um, we got to play his theme song. He has a theme song? Yeah. It's his favorite song. Oh, did you make a theme song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me, uh, let me get on the line here. Uh, hopefully this is the right number. A little dialing music. Uh, yeah. Here we go. So Miles Watson is a horror movie aficionado. And expert. So here, Hello? Miles Watson. It is the Miles Watson. Hey! Live on the LCS Hockey Radio Show. Uh, you're on the line with me and uh, Tuffy. Our buddy Tuffy's here. And also your arch enemy, Kevin Jank. Kevin Jank is here. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> that wasn't hey, part of the deal. Man, like glare at last. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, bad wow. news. Uh, Bad news, Miles. Mike L. booked Jank for next week's Flea Market Fantasy. So he's tied you up. Yeah, fucking traitor. Up. Never trust a Canadian. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> but I, I was just informed, though, Miles Watson, that Kevin Jank uh, made a theme song for you, apparently, to come on the show. So. Oh. oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Miles no. Watson finally has his own theme song. Here we go. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. The disrespect. <laughs> that was, the disrespect. That that came up during a flea market fantasy, right? We were talking about Xanadu. Is that one? Yeah. Was? You said it was his favorite song. We we can't even. You couldn't have even done like the Warriors. I mean, like you know, since we have the same actor involved. Uh, yeah. Was that no? Nope. Wasn't that the same guy in like Battle Truck? Remember we watched that Battle Truck? That yeah. Yeah, we watched yeah. the classic. Yeah. Uh, uh, see, what you what you need is to embrace the fact that that actor, what the hell is that guy's name? Michael something. Yeah, I can't remember. Is in a lot of the the great bad movies of that era, and we need to respect that. That is true. All right, fair enough. He was on Xanadu. Um, <laughs> he was getting it done. But you know, a bad movie he wasn't in, Sleepaway Camp. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll be discussing that a little later. Were you familiar with Sleepaway Camp before uh, watching it for this show, Miles, or is this your first time? I, I'd heard of it. I'd seen clips of it. I it, it was one of the sort of grade B, you know, like there's tiers of slashers that came out in the 80s. And you had, or, or late 70s and 80s, you had Halloween, you had Friday the 13th, you had this sort of top-tier slashers, and then you had your second rank of slashers, like The Prowler and um, Never heard of Happy it. Birthday to Me and Sleepaway Camp. Like, there's there, there's a whole Terror tier. Train. Like, yeah, Terror Train, Prom Night, <laughs> um, all those Jamie Lee Curtis movies, there's like 20 of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a million slashers that came out. You know, just just I mean, besides the Freddy and the Michaels and the you know the the Chucky, like those big, the bigger ones that got that got actual studio muscle behind them that were in a lot of theaters. There were those second tier and third tier slashers. Sleepaway Camp, I believe, was considered like one of the second tier ones. Um, I should hope so. In terms of, well, in terms of of <laughs> it made a it made a an impact, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, it and made an impact. Yeah, so it's like th- there's a lot of there's a lot of slashers that are completely forgotten, maniac and all that shit. They're just like justly no one, forgotten. Yeah, um, no one's gonna forget that final scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the big reveal. Yeah. But we'll save it. We'll get yeah, to Sleepaway Camp uh, two and three. I'm sure in the next tier below, but this one actually has some kind of a following. Although I love those two as well. They're fucking great. <laughs> yeah, how many? I think they made five. <laughs> Yeah, I think they like, made five sleepaway camp There were two camp sequels movies. in the, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Then there was a fourth one that they never quite finished. Uh, so they kind of cowled it together from what footage they had and like clips from the old movies. <laughs> and it's still only like <laughs> 45 minutes long. So it's really like not even really a movie. And then I guess like um, recently, like 2014 or something, the original director and the original cast kind of came back and finally did their return to sleepaway camp, like the, the real sequel. The real <laughs> I like that. I like that. They, they were trying to get that? the bloodline back. Yeah. Because <laughs> two and three went in a very different direction. They uh, they recast uh, the role of Angela with uh, Bruce Springsteen's sister, and it's much more oh, of a comedy. 
seems an odd choice. Let's get Bruce Springsteen's yeah. sister for this role. <laughs> Are they hoping to get Bruce to do the soundtrack if they cast his sister? It did not work. Yeah, it's odd. Uh, but, Jake, how was the official sequel then that the originals got back together? Was that any good? You know what? I never saw that one. I believe Larry did, oh. and he was unimpressed. Oh, all right. Um, that one's hard to track down. Like I don't even think you can like rent it on Amazon. They're like, no, we don't care. <laughs> we could ask Larry, but he's not on the show. He doesn't do the show. <laughs> we could ask him. Anyway. Yeah. There's Uh-oh. also um, there's some movie called like Mountain Valley, something like Memorial Valley Massacre or something, which is sometimes right. billed as Son of Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's really not connected at all, other than I guess they took the score from Sleepaway Camp and put it over that movie. <laughs> Any That's movie aside from Texas Chainsaw Massacre that has the word massacre in it is almost, it's like, that's a guaranteed yeah. stuck film. Like Slumber Party <laughs> Massacre, Sorority Row Massacre, or whatever. Massacre, yeah. yeah, it's those movies are guaranteed to be awful. I, I The first, the Texas Chainsaw like took up all the oxygen oh. and there was none left. You know what's a really I bad don't... one that we watched here was Pool Party Massacre. Oh, oh Jesus. that was terrible. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was terrible. Really yeah. <laughs> um, that was a Larry pick, if I remember properly. I, yeah. uh, I almost picked the Slumber Party Massacre for this week, but then I thought, well, we, I saw Sleepaway Camp was on Tubi, and I'm like, yeah, let's just watch Sleepaway Camp. Because, Miles, all I've heard for years is Larry and Jack talking about how Sleepaway Camp is so awesome. <laughs> you got to watch Sleepaway Camp. So we finally watched Sleepaway Camp. Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> um, all right. Before we get into all that, uh, Miles, uh, are you a big fan? Of, you, you love the horror movies, so are you a big fan of the Halloween? Do you do you go to Halloween costume parties? Do you trick or treat? I used to. You, I used to really? uh, when I was in L.A. I used to go to uh, costume oh, parties. Oh, yeah, wow. That had to be something. A lot of L.A. ladies in costumes. Oh, that had to be something. Yes. There. Yes, it was, actually. I went to three or four makeup effects um, parties for makeup effects artists, and um, – they were pretty spectacular as far as the costumes went. They were legit. I mean, wow. these guys make monsters for a living. So uh, the the costumes were bomb. They were they were not screwing around. <laughs> Although every now and then you see an effects artist who's, like, super successful who comes in, like, a sheet with eye holes cut in it. Um, uh, being, being funny. Because, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not funny. It's that all their friends and relatives hit them up for costumes. So they spend the weeks up to Halloween – making everybody else look scary and cool, and then they're just like, fuck it, I'm going to put this store-bought mask on my face and go in street clothes. So it's it's lame, but in a kind of humorous way. Yeah, I've never... So I'm guessing the I've budgets never... of movies, like, balloon at this time of year then, because everyone's stealing all the supplies for their Halloween costumes. <laughs> they, you know, they've got their kits. They've got they're their right kits. I still have a, an effects kit somewhere around here that I, that I never gave wow. back to somebody. I better give it back to them. <laughs> like I, uh, I've never been to a Halloween costume party. I, I remember a few years ago, I said, I'm, I was my goal. I'm going to go to a Halloween costume party this year. And then, yeah, it never went. Um, but we'll see. You would have to leave the have, house to do that. Yeah, I don't have any friends. <laughs> like, I'd need a friend to throw a party that I could go to. You know, yeah, it just doesn't happen. So. <laughs> Todd Teacher's probably throwing a rager right now. <laughs> probably, yeah. We'll see. Hey, let's let's check in Larry's house. house. Yeah, let's check in with Toppy, because I'm guessing, Toppy, you've been to a lot of costume parties, right? No. All right. That's what I'm <laughs> But you I can go with Guy Smoking a Dart. <laughs> guy Smoking a Dart. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like in, uh, I feel like in college and law school, you know, just go to the bars and people would be dressed in costumes. Oh, yeah. You go to Daredevil a lot. <laughs> that would be a good. Yeah, Daredevil. <laughs> I would be good. Yeah, if you're in right. law school. Uh, before we get into Sleepaway Camp and all that, I, I do have a little uh, surprise for you guys. Um, I think uh, because of the holiday, we should play a round of uh, Halloween Jeopardy. I think uh, Ooh. That's, that should be a real swell time. And I was supposed to have the sound clip ready to go right there to play, and apparently the uh, the board moved. We practiced up. for hours in the pre-show meeting, and this is the result. I know. And, uh, Miles, I tried, to give you a, I tried to give you a warning that we were we were playing uh, Jeopardy there, but I don't know if you, you got the warning in time. Um, yeah, Jank, I just cannot find it on the switchboard now. It just jumped on me, so. Just pretend oh. <laughs> we played the Jeopardy theme song. <laughs> okay. Wait. Uh, now it's official. Miles, are you impressed by the production of the show? I'm I'm really impressed. I'm re- I think All you right. should quit whatever day job you actually hold and, you know, get into I, production full time. I still haven't mastered the alphabet or alphabetical order, but uh, I can make sound <laughs> clips. So, all right, here, Jank and uh, Tuffy are quite familiar with our Jeopardy games. Miles, this is your first time. Just try to do your best. Mm-hmm. Um, since you're the guest, we'll give you control of the board first. And then if you want to buzz in to answer a question, you have to, uh, you know, just, just say your name. You know, just say, hey, Miles, and then we'll know it's you. All right? And that's how we do it. So the board, the categories we got Halloween here. Halloween Jeopardy. Have you, like, raised the corpse of Alex Trebek to host this? No, 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 no. Damn it. Can't do that. <laughs> but uh, so we got six categories on the board. First one is candy. Everyone likes candy. So Ooh. that's a good category. Uh, category two is that sucks. We'll have to uh, pick it to find out what it is. Uh, next up, we have Gary <laughs> makes it better. Gary makes oh, it better. Oh, no. And we have <laughs> cause never play. <laughs> cause play. Then we have before and after. And finally, as is tradition, porn. So, yeah, you have to uh, – one of the categories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right, Miles. That's the show's version of potpourri. It's porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, you got the one hundred to five hundred dollar values of questions. So, uh, your choice, Miles. Any of those categories in a dollar amount? Wow! I have to make this selection. <laughs> you know, you want to pick porn. <laughs> no, I, I want to pick things that suck. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, that sucks. Uh, this uh, give that me could a dollar also amount be porn. There. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the dollar amount of your question you would like to try? A dollar. No, no, no. 100, 200, 300, 400. Have you seen Jeopardy? I, I stick by my answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will take it for 100, Alex. All right. 100 for that sucks. This category is all about vampires. All right? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's all about vampires. So uh, for $100, the murder on two episodes of Columbo 
He also starred in the comedic vampire movie Love at First Bite. Uh, wow, nobody? Huh. Holy. Love at First Bite. Ooh. Yes, uh, we're I, looking for George Hamilton. George Hamilton. Oh, oh I just watched one of his episodes dude. this week. <laughs> I know Speaking you did. Speaking of porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he got caught. Uh, someone was blackmailing with a porn tape that he did in his youth. And he had to yeah. murder the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. As you do. All right, Miles, uh, you get to pick again. Um, hmm. So what do I have? Things that suck, porn. That's right. Candy. Candy makes it better. Uh, cosplay. Before and after. Oh, yeah, yeah. cosplay. Wow, these are really tough categories. I, I, I'm i going to go with something random. I'm going to go with candy. Oh, I am shocked that you didn't go right for porn. Because i got to tell you, I'm going right for porn. <laughs> I'm defying right. stereotypes. <laughs> All right, do you want it for 100? Showing restraint. All right, let's start. With I'll one. take it for 100, Alex. Yeah, when introduced in 1898, this Halloween staple was called chicken feed. Candy corn. Uh, hey, that's right. Nope. Miles got it right, but Miles, we re- you need to buzz in with your name, you know. But oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> but it's all right. You got you got credit. <laughs> Tuffy will keep, yeah, you're on the board. keep meticulous track of the score, right, Tuffy? You're, you're gonna keep the track of the score. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> that's for one hundred as well. Yeah, that's yep. for one hundred. All right, Miles, steal your call. Oh, wow, still going. All right, I'll do porn for a hundred. There we go. <laughs> there all we right. go. You only take so much. All right, so this category, uh, we'll give you a description, and you have to give me the porn, uh, the parody of the porn movie, or the title of the porn parody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'll try. All right. So for $100, a parody of the popular horror and TV show with a true name. Uh, You're going to have to repeat Uh, that. You cut out on me. Yeah, you're breaking up that whole time. A parody of the popular horror anthology TV show that has a patriotic name. Oh, I know the show. Yeah, I know the show. Don't know the uh, don't know the porn. Wow. All right. Well, we were looking for American Hmm. Horror Story. Come on, it's not that hard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, I was going right. to say American <laughs> Horror Story. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, I thought we had to know the name of the porn. <laughs> yeah, that is American Horror Story. H W H. Oh, Horror Story. Wow. Those porn guys are so wacky with their cleverness. I know. So, all right. Wow, this is like the worst game of Jeopardy ever. You guys aren't doing so good. All right. Low scoring. Still your call, Miles. What do you want? Well, well, what categories have I not? Uh... <laughs> uh, before and <laughs> after, tasted. which is a Jeopardy staple. Uh, you know how that works. You just. Uh, I'll do before and after. Fuck it. All right, we'll go for one hundred. Uh, Bill Gannon's partner and the unluckiest day. I don't have the faintest clue. Um. <laughs> And keep in mind, these are the 100-level questions that are very easy. I don't I've never heard like of that. So I'm going to take Bill a Gannon? guess. Yeah, go ahead, Jank. Uh, is it Joe Friday the 13th? 
that's exactly right. Joe Friday the 13th. See how that works. All right. Joe Friday, <laughs> Joe Friday the 13th. I can't think of his first name. I'm like, I think it's Joe. All right, Jank. Uh, let's do before and after for two. David Naughton Classic meets the Clash. What? <laughs> like, like was, Who the fuck is David Naughton? You guys can hear me, right? Come on. <laughs> what's going on? These are supposed to be $100 questions. Yes. That's, yeah, <laughs> no to that. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the hard stuff yet. David Naughton uh, Classic meets The Clash. What famous horror movie was David Naughton in? Come on. Nothing? Oh, sorry. Uh, Jank. All right, Jank, go ahead. An American Werewolf in London Calling. Yes. Wow, American Werewolf in London? Nothing? Nothing? I don't know the names of these people at all. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. He wasn't a big star. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Midnight Madness. What are you talking about? He's a giant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Jake? Uh, let's... let's... Go back to that same category and do 300, I guess. All right, for 300, if Patrick Swayze's Wolverines fought zombies. Jank. Go ahead, Jank. Red Dawn of the Dead. Correct. Yeah, Red Dawn of the Dead. You've seen Red Dawn, right, Miles? Come on, Red Dawn. Unfortunately, I saw that many years ago, yes. Wolverines. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That was a good Red Dawn. Could have been worse. Could be the Chris Hemsworth one. <laughs> All right, Jank. Doing control. <laughs> All right, let's uh, do 400. All right, Miles. This one, I wrote this one specifically for you, Miles. So hopefully <laughs> then I'll get it wrong. Inside track here. <laughs> the nickname for the current UFC featherweight champion in Linus's oh, Halloween hero. <laughs> the nickname. <laughs> the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Alex the Great Pumpkin. He got it. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. 400. All right. Mm. I, I mean, Tuffy mm. and Jake don't know anyone in the UFC, so it was you were nothing there. That was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew the last part, but yeah, Alex, if I had a guess on that first part. All right. All right, Miles. You're in control of the board. Oh, uh, let's go back to Candy. Candy? Or, yeah. Two? All right. Uh, this candy bar was created in 1924 to mimic the taste of a malted milkshake. Oh, wow. Wow. Hmm. I feel like I almost know this, but... Hmm. <laughs> Man. Hmm. Oh, right. I, don't, I guess I'm going to get Jank. All right. Jank? Is it Milky Way? It is Milky Way. That is correct. Holy shit. Wow, right. that was impressive. <laughs> I was like, it's got milk in it, maybe. <laughs> exactly right. All right, Jank, your choice. Uh, let's see. Uh, what have we not done yet? Besides the Gary one that's going to suck. Gary uh, <laughs> makes it better for cosplay. Oh, yeah, cosplay. Let's do that for 100. All right, so cosplay in this category, I'll give you a uh, TV character and TV episode. You tell me what costume they're wearing in it, all right? Like, like it's a Halloween oh, episode. All right, here we go. Okay. For 100, 
The costumes that Arnold Jackson and his stepbrother Sam wore in the Different Strokes episode, A Haunting We Will Go. <laughs> oh, God. It's $100. I only know the bike shop episode. <laughs> the only episode of Different Strokes. I, I only remember the one where Nancy Reagan was on to say just say no to drugs. All right. Well, we were looking for the Ghostbusters. They were dressed up as the Ghostbusters. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right, Jake. <laughs> Your choice. This category is harder than I thought. Uh, let's finish out before and after, I guess. 500. All right. Before and after for 500. He haunts your nightmares while they failed to get the green stuff off the Statue of Liberty. Tuffy. <laughs> I figured. T- okay, Tuffy. Freddy Krueger Industrial Smoothing. That is correct. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> nice job. I had Miles, no idea what the rest uh, of that Seinfeld was. Seinfeld reference. Do you watch the Seinfeld by chance? Wow. I used to. I haven't seen. I don't yeah. think I've seen an episode of Seinfeld in like 15 years. Yeah, uh, George worked at Kruger Industrial Smoothing there in uh, the final. Yeah. Season. George worked for everybody at one point or another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at Tuffy. I think. Uh, can we get an update on the scores here, Tuffy? Or are you keeping track? Because 500 puts you right uh, on top of it. Yeah, I have 500. Miles has 500. Jank has 800 by my count. Oh, oh, okay. Yep, that's what I have as well. Look at Jank. All right, Tuffy, your choice. Uh, candy for 300 next, I think. Yep, candy for 300. Franklin Mars named this iconic candy bar after his beloved racehorse who had recently passed away. Tuffy? Hmm. Go ahead, Tuffy. Uh, Snickers? <laughs> that is correct. Snickers was the name nice. of the horse. And uh, apparently the farm that he owned uh, was called the Milky Way. So he had a horse named Snickers oh. on a Milky Way farm. How about that? <laughs> Very unoriginal. Yes. <laughs> he just All right, Tuffy. What it, as he sees them. <laughs> Your choice? Uh, let's go back to candy for 400 this candy bar got its name because it originally featured three varieties, vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate, in one wrapper. Jank. Oh, go ahead, Jank. Three Musketeers? That is correct. Three Musketeers. I had no idea. You guys know a lot about candy. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till you see you them get, get that. I know how to eat it. Salad. <laughs> wait till I get to the porn. You'll really be impressed. All right. Uh, yeah, let's... Wanna... What do you want yeah, to close out candy? Porn and do that for All right, jump into porn. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, let's go to porn. All right, uh, for two hundred, is that where you want to start? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. The Mary Shelley classic got parodied in this 2012 film, written and directed by Joanna Angel. Oh, I've got a guess, but I don't know. I feel like it could be several things. <laughs> I'll take a guess. <laughs> All right, Tubby. Is it Frankenhors? Ooh, good <laughs> guess. Good guess, but incorrect. Uh, oh. I'll, hey, I'll watch that movie, Tommy. If anyone ever makes Frankenhors. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like the plural of Frankenhookers. That was for $200, Tommy. Um, so. 200 All right. I, I, uh, I guess I'm going to take a guess, Jank. Ooh, all right. Go ahead, Jank. Frankenstein? <laughs> 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 no, but I, I like the moxie. I appreciate it. All right, so, Miles, would you care to guess? 
I, I don't even have a theoretical idea of what it would All be. Right. We're looking for fucking Stein. <laughs> fucking Stein. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they. they I thought it was going to be like Frankenstein's today. dot dot dot, but I couldn't think of what the dot 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 would be. <laughs> it all fucking. It's stein. usually whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. Just goes whore. All right. Uh, Jake, you still your choice. All right. Well, let's try the uh, the, the porn again for three. All right. This 2012 film, which was also written by Joanna Angel, received nine <laughs> total nominations at the prestigious AVN Awards, including uh, wins in Best Actor and Best Makeup, and a nomination in the highly competitive Best Double Penetration category, all for parodying a Sam Raimi classic about flesh-eating demons. Hmm. All right, nobody. All right, <laughs> guess we're done here. We're looking for evil. Yeah, head. I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm head. gonna guess that too. <laughs> if I would have guessed, I was like, it can't be that. <laughs> no, it really, it really is evil head. Yep, that's what it was. All right, so. Uh, I was like, maybe it's army of dark ass. <laughs> All right. All right, Jank, your pick. Uh, all right, let's do uh, porn for four. In the 2012, in this 2012 parody, Freddie Fingers used to sell sex toys out of the trunk of his car until angry customers burned him alive, creating a gloved monster out for revenge. Mm. All right, nobody. Nothing. We are looking for a <laughs> wet dream on Elm Street. A wet dream. Oh, yeah. That's, that's lame. <laughs> I've seen it 12 uh, times. How did I not get that? Yeah, how did you not recognize it? <laughs> All right. You want to close out porn there, Jay? Yeah. It's been a sad category so far, but let's All do right. it anyway. <laughs> for 500, a Wes Craven film about a deformed mutant who murders a group of scientists with a pickaxe is parodied in this 2010 film starring Julia K. Smith and Rebecca Love. Wes Craven. Miles will go with I, ooh. The Hills Have Tits. <laughs> no, but so close. <laughs> Very close. And I like where your head's at, but no, that is not correct. <laughs> That's a minus 500 there for Miles, though. That's a wow. risky. Wow. Another yeah. painful failure. Yeah. Jank <laughs> <laughs> and Tuffy, anything? No. Right, uh, so, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> the West Craven movie was The Hill Has Eyes, but the parody title, The Hill Has The Hills Have Thighs. The Hills Have Thighs. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I'm like, that's not sexy enough. <laughs> can't jerk off to a thigh. <laughs> oh, sure you can. <laughs> All right. So here we go. That's the porn category. Um, you're still you're in control, Jank. Uh, well, I guess let's finish out candy. All right. Uh, for 500, during the Korean War, the 1st Marine Division used this candy to patch bullet holes in tires. <laughs> oh. 
Wow. I thought, I thought you might have an idea. Miles is Mr. Military here. I thought you might be able to get this. That's some shitty candy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So put it together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's like the shittiest candy out there? We already, we already said candy corn. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, whoa. Shot All right. fired. We are looking for Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls. Oh, yeah, of course. Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so now we have uh, – we still have That Sucks. Uh, no one has picked Gary Makes It Better yet. And uh, <laughs> we, have, we have Cosplay. If we make it to the end and nobody has picked that, can we just skip it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, let's There'll be no sleepaway sucks. camp. No sleepaway camp discussion <laughs> unless everyone picks Gary makes it better. All right, for that sucks. For two hundred, the vampire's name in the nineteen twenty-two film Nosferatu. Wait, repeat that, please. The vampire's name in the nineteen twenty-two film Nosferatu. Yeah. I knew that. This is bugging yeah, me because yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's not Nosferatu, if that's what you're thinking. That's not the name. <laughs> we're looking for Count Orlock. Count Orlock. Damn it. I knew it started with oh, an O. I, I couldn't remember it. Yeah, I think you're oh, uh, now that you say it. had a shot at it, but all right. All right. Uh, do you want to go for 300 there, Jank? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, the featured vampire on the TV show Dark Shadows. Wow. Who is this is Miles? Who is Barnabas? That is correct. We're going to give you the credit. Uh, we prefer his last name nice. as well, but uh, Barnabas Collins. But uh, everyone is doing so poorly at this game. We're going to take whatever we can get. You can't take away the one thing that I semi got right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You can at least name a character on Dark Shadows so that you get the points for that. That's one. That's the only one. <laughs> All right, Miles. Uh, you're in control of the board. Okay. Uh, so what's the category that nobody went to? Cosplay? Gary makes it better. <laughs> Gary makes it better? That's right. I'll explain it. If you pick it, <laughs> Gary. I pick it. It's going to be all Gary Coleman related. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. One, I, I pick it. That one. But Gary makes it better. Uh, these are uh, descriptions of famous horror films, but with Gary Coleman. Uh, so you got to figure out what the movie is. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So for 100, Gary Coleman and his family of cannibals prey on unsuspecting victims in the Lone Star State. Jank. Good, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is correct. We we uh, oh, category's not so bad after all. <laughs> yeah. right. If I hadn't been burping, I would have answered that. All right, all right, Jake. All right, you know what? I'm gonna pick Gary. He makes it better for That's you. That's what I like to see. He's coming around on Gary Coleman. Turned, yeah. All right, for 200, Gary Coleman befriends a young vampire girl. Wait, uh, Jank? Go ahead, Jank. Let the right one in. That is correct. Let the yep. right one in. Yep. For 200. All right. All right. Go ahead, Jank. Uh, let's do that one for three. 
when people open a fancy Rubik's Cube, Gary Coleman drags them into his own Jank. personal hell dimension. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hellraiser. That is correct. Hellraiser. <laughs> you love Gary Coleman. Holy hell. All right. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> he really does make it better. He at least makes my score better. <laughs> you want four on you? Uh, yep. Keep it going. Gary Coleman and his single mother are tormented by a monster from a children's book. Miles. Jank. Oh, Miles beat you there. Go ahead, That's Miles. Close. I'm going to go with... Suddenly I can't remember the name. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've had too much to drink this evening. He's too you know what? I... Gary Coleman. <laughs> That's the Brandon maneuver. God damn it! All right, well, I forgot. I, I know the oh. I know the movie. I cannot remember the fucking name. So no, wait. Is, Child's oh, Play. No, incorrect. Incorrect. Oh. Um, minus four hundred <laughs> miles. Uh, go ahead, Jank. Did you want to guess? Is it the Babadook? The Babadook. Yeah, the Babadook. That is correct. Yeah. Man, I, I can't face that movie. Check. That kid was so annoying. Let me just check to see. Uh, Tuffy, you're still with us, right? I mean, you're still here? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> anything about horror movies. <laughs> All right. See, I, I've never seen the Babadook, so. Yeah, neither have I. That one I, that right. one I bet was bad in the tank. All right, Jack, do you want to close out this one for 500? Gary yeah, Bell. let's do it. Gary Coleman plays an aging Elvis Presley who fights to save a retirement home from a soul-sucking <laughs> Egyptian mummy. Jank? <laughs> Go ahead, Jank. <laughs> Bubba Hotep? That is correct. Bubba Hotep. I never Bubba saw that Hotep. one. I should watch that. Yeah, I, I never, never saw that I either. It. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll watch it one week on the show because I always picked it before and I, I didn't. So, yeah, we can do it on the show. All right. Uh, so we're down to cosplay and we're at 200. So uh, I guess we'll just do that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, Alf wore this on his chest to attend a Halloween costume party. So, I disqualify an Alf question. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. This is a very famous episode. Uh. <laughs> these, are, these are about, like, friends or something. I might get it. But... He, he slapped a zipper on his chest, so it, it makes it look like he's wearing a costume. But it's just him with a zipper on his chest. Oh, of course. All right, anyway. All right, uh, let's go to 300 here. Uh, Miles, I wrote this one for you, buddy. So uh, I'll get it wrong, then. Hawkeye <laughs> Pierce wore this heroic costume in the MASH episode, Trick or Treatment. Okay. Hero- heroic costume. Trick or treatment. I want to say it it was Superman. It is Superman. Go ahead, look at Miles. Mm. Now, did you yeah, know sure that? Or Hawkeye. Did, yeah. <laughs> or did you just guess? Uh, I, just rem- I was trying to remember the various episodes where he dressed up, and the only other costume I can remember him wearing that's identifiable on the show is Santa Claus. So it was that yeah. or Superman. Yep, Superman. There you go. All right, uh, cosplay for 400. The costume George Jefferson wore in the two-part Halloween episode, Now You See It, Now You Don't. Very famous two-part Jefferson's episode. 
<laughs> Your definition of famous varies from everyone. Yeah. 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 I guess no one. We might we might disagree. We might disagree. I guess, I guess the average human never studied classic TV their whole lives like I have. But this is very famous. The average human's uh, never seen one episode of Alf, you jerk. <laughs> He dressed up as Charlie Chaplin. We were looking for Charlie Chaplin. All right. I don't know if there's a point in even doing the 500-level question, but we'll just read it anyway. Uh, In the Cheers episode, fairy tales can't come true, Diane and Frazier were dressed like these literary characters. All right. Uh, I'll just pretend that you guys are thinking about it. Constable Farish. We're going to go with Alice and the Mad Hatter. They were dressed as Alice and the Mad Hatter. All right, so there you go. All the normal questions are done now. Let's take a look at the scores. I'm guessing Jank is way out in front, but what do we got, Tuffy? What's the scores? Uh, Well, we have Miles with 200. I have 600. And Jenk has 2,500. Wow. <laughs> so I'm right. winning, right? <laughs> yes. It's like golf. <laughs> the lowest score yeah. wins. All right. So uh, final Jeopardy time. Uh, you should. Uh, you need to oh. lock in your uh, your wagers because it's going to be real <laughs> close. But, uh, so the question, uh, Jason Voorhees first wears his signature hockey mask. In this film, Miles. So it... Oh, well, oh, no, it's, right. no, it's, it's, what? it's Final Jeopardy. <laughs> what? I don't get to go. No, we, we got everyone. <laughs> we all write your answers, answers and with... yeah. Have you seen Jeopardy, Miles? What are we? Doing? No, <laughs> I hate game shows. <laughs> well, I saw Alex Trebek's house once. All right. Well, well, you get like thirty seconds to listen to this little song play. And you write down mm-hmm. your answer and how much money you want to wager, and then we come back and see who's right. All right. So uh, here we but go. But I don't have any one... money. This is stupid. <laughs> and the question was, <laughs> Jason Voorhees, which wears signature email. Let's start with Tuffy. Uh, first of all, Tuffy, how much money did you wager? Uh, five hundred and ninety-nine. <laughs> Very good. And uh, what what is your answer, Tuffy? Uh, well, since I'm not even sure which franchise is Jason Voorhees. Oh no. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's, that's um, I'm gonna go with Halloween 3D. <laughs> That is, <laughs> that, is very, right. that is very incorrect. That is very incorrect. All right. <laughs> let's go to uh let's go to Miles. Miles, uh how much did you wager? Does it matter? You had like a dollar? So I don't think really I wagered all my vast sum. All of it. All two yeah. billion dollars of it. Okay. On Friday the thirteenth, part three. Okay, now let's check in with Jank. How much money did you wager, Jank? 
1,200. Oh, 1,200, all right. And what was your answer? Friday the 13th, part three, 3D. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Friday the 13th, part three. So there you go. Jank is the big winner. $3,700. Hey, Miles, I forgot to tell you, like, if you lose, you owe the winner all that money. So, like, you and Tuffy are on the hook for $3,700. <laughs> I'll write you a check. <laughs> all right. I'll be looking for it every day. It's good for it. I got it's, my it's, uh, it's royalty check. Completely legitimate. <laughs> that is how we play Halloween Jeopardy. What a joy that was. Wow. Yeah, you can just withhold my share of Jenks' money out of our next royalty check for the show. Oh, sure. No problem. No problem. <laughs> no problem, Tuffy. I'll take care of it. Yeah. I'm sure you'll pay off that debt in 3,700 years if we did that. Hey, by the way. I could pay it right now in Jeffrey dollars. I had to go get my car Ooh. inspected. Like store credit? I had, go, I had to go get my car inspected yesterday. And, uh, Miles, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we uh, keep a constant update on my car and my mileage. I've, I've owned the car now for five years, and I've driven it like 5,700 miles. So when I go to get it inspected, they're always kind of surprised by that. But uh, – Yesterday, he's reading me off the list and going through the checklist of things, and he's like, hey, uh, your transmission fluid, we won't worry about changing that till you get to 30,000 miles. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I'm going to be 80 years old before I get to 30,000 yeah. miles. <laughs> you really, really will. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. Then I'm never going to worry about that ever in my life. <laughs> so that's good to know. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, Halloween <laughs> Jeopardy, good times. All right, so I guess now we're ready. Miles, did they ever ask you how many miles are on your car, and you just say just one, and you start pointing at yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just me. Yeah. Pretty good. All I've right, never thought so. of that before. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Hey, hey, Miles, I guess you're back in PA. Did you go get your car inspected, PA inspection? Uh, I did. I did. Yeah. I got my well, car inspected, uh, and the guy was like, well, uh, I could fail you on a couple things, but uh, he chose to pass me. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I think it sounds yeah, like nice the beginning of a horror movie, though, because now he says, hey, you owe me a favor, <laughs> and he keeps showing up at your door all the time saying, hey, remember I passed you on your inspection? You have to help me kill. Well, this if I get a, if I get an unexpected knock <laughs> on Halloween, I'll just shoot through the door. <laughs> um, You're gonna be. It might be a kid asking story. for candy, but part mm. two. Now, now Jank, uh, you guys up in uh, where you live, you don't even have to get your car inspected, right? Is that right? Yeah, we gotta gotta get emissions. Which oh, uh, emissions. I remember I had issues with last year. <laughs> My old car. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I had to get tested yeah, I, repeatedly before I finally passed. I was exempt from the emissions because you have to drive like 5,000 miles. And you'll never get there. No. no. But uh, my mother told me this the other day that, that uh, they used to have to get the car inspected twice a year when she was younger. Jeez. Can you imagine that? Going twice a year to get your fucking car inspected? Good Lord. That sounds like something they do in yeah. Maryland. It's insane. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in Maryland. Fuck you, Maryland. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's time for uh, sleepaway camp, what everyone's been looking forward to. Good old sleepaway camp. 
This is uh, from 1983. Well, Jank, why don't you tell us a little bit about this movie, like the background of it and uh, the basic <laughs> premise, because you love this movie. So set the table for us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It was directed by a guy named Robert Hertzig, I believe, uh, who was just trying to make a movie, and horror movies were kind of cheap to do, and he's just like, well, we can do it in one location. Like, I went to this summer camp when I was a kid. Let's just shoot it there. <laughs> and basically, it was just an easy, cheap kind of movie he could make. Uh, so he decided to do it, um, and he rounded up. He wanted to, unlike kind of like the Friday the 13th movies, where they had people in like their late 20s playing teenagers, he was like, let's get actual kids and have yeah. them like be kids at this camp and stuff like that. I mean, so it was a little bit different in about, that regard. Do you know a lot about this guy's background? Because I meant to look him up because I have concerns <laughs> about this guy. <laughs> <Just a little bit>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like what, like uh, – to have him go take a seat over there and talk about something. Well, you know what I'm saying? The old uh, catch a predator situation. Because I'm a little concerned about it. My favorite part is that the movie opens with like a black screen that says like for mother. She was a doer. Like you're dedicating this movie to your mother's memory? <laughs> this, this fucked up weird ass movie? Yes. <laughs> That's how he learned to call them baldies. From his mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be hearing that clip later on. <laughs> oh, Jack all that young, fresh chicken. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, man. this movie's very disturbing <laughs> at times because uh, I'm worried about the guy who did this. But uh, all right. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. So uh, um, they kind of made this in New in a, in a New York summer camp. Uh, I guess they had to do it in the fall, like after the summer camp shut down. Uh, most of these people hadn't acted very much. I think the girl who played Meg no. was probably the biggest. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you never tell. <laughs> wow. There's a father of a very shocked. famous celebrity in this movie, though. There's a very, very there's famous, a famous celebrity, celebrity, celebrity dad. Yeah. Oh. I did not notice him. So. The, uh, the guy who plays the other cook, like the black guy, the older black guy. Yeah. His name is Robert. Uh, what's his name? Wait, what was that again? Ah, shit. Uh, Robert Earl Jones, he is the father of James Earl Jones. Oh, wow. That is weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As you can kind of hear when he talks, you're like, oh, yeah, that does kind of sound like James Earl Jones. Oh, wow. All right. (laughs) Larry told me that one. I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think – the girl who played Meg, I guess she was on some soap opera or something, Days of Our Lives or something like that. Yes. So she was kind of, I guess, a big deal on the set. Oh, really? All My Children. All yeah, my children. that's it. But other than that, mostly they were just kind of kids. <laughs> well, well, the guy um, that uh, runs the camp, that Mel, that older guy, I yeah. recognized him. And I was like, who is this guy? Who is? Uh, sadly, he passed away like three months after the film. He had lung cancer. And uh, Damn. this was his last movie. But uh, I knew I recognized him, but when I looked, I wasn't noticing anything on his IMDb. And then, oh, there it is. He was on an episode of Barney Miller. And that's how I knew him. Boom. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, otherwise, not too many famous people in this film. But, uh, <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> he, uh, What's the lead actress's name there, Jank? Uh, Felissa Rose. Yeah, she was only 13. Melissa Rose. Yeah. So, yeah. She, she wasn't <laughs> yeah. even allowed to see the movie. 
like when it came out. She was too young. <laughs> well, I heard there, yeah, there's a lot of things she wasn't able to do. I think she did see the movie. Like I heard a story she was being interviewed where like her whole class went on a field trip to watch her in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh God, that's <laughs> got it. You're gonna get teased the rest of your life when they see that last scene. Holy <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, there's a there's a uh, like a sexy uh, Lolita kind of girl, uh, Judy, who's trying to seduce yeah, everybody. Yeah, Karen Fields. She uh, was originally supposed to be played by Jane Krakowski of Thirty Rock fame. Oh, yeah. Jane Krakowski. Yeah. But, but when Jane out. read uh, when Jane read how she this girl dies in the film, she said, "No, <laughs> thank you." Well, oddly enough, there's she may not have died. There is a short film oh, you can watch on, on YouTube called Judy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where it's like 15 minutes long. And it's about a grown-up Judy who uh, is now taking out vengeance on like bad parents with a with a, a you know a curling iron. <laughs> yeah, a, a grown-up Judy who can't sit or uh, you know comfortably or. Because she doesn't think that uh, she lost the ability to have children because of what happened. I should think so, yeah. (laughs) I'm guessing she lost the ability to do all the minimum things. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Just a grilled cheese sandwich down there. (laughs) You get it. Uh, All right. Um, Yeah, this this, uh, director fella, Hiltzik, H-I-L-T-Z-I-K, this was the only movie ever made besides – then he came back to do the sequel, I guess, that you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, yes, the many years one, later. He's a, he's a partner at a law firm. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wonder, yeah, he went to law school he after he went to film school and uh, became a lawyer. And he had no idea that this film had a cult following until like 30 years after it was released. Somebody contacted him about it. And he was like, really? People still watch that movie? And they brought him back <laughs> to do the like commentary on the DVD. He had no clue. And I guess... That's what eventually led him to make the sequel, which ended up being critically massacred. It was direct-to-video, and it's just really – there are no positive reviews for that film. I mean, none. See, see, that's I my hope. it. That's my hope, Smiles, that 30 years from now, someone will discover this radio show in a time capsule and be like, oh, my. And by then, great. maybe maybe you'll uh, you'll have 5,000 miles on your car or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk to Mike Sell to remind him to get his transmission fluid changed. Your transmission fluid by that point will be like some kind of fu- – it will be diamonds inside your car. <laughs> All right. Um, what else should we know about this movie, Jank? Anything? Should we start? It's amazing. All right. Well, I guess let's get right into it. Uh, like you said, 1983. So the film opens like, uh, yeah, yeah, the black screen saying to mother who was a doer. And uh, <laughs> sadly, the fellow's mother just passed away, I guess. And he used the money from her inheritance to make to fund this film, I believe, is what I read. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. He's putting it to good, good use. Yes. So um, I, if I, if, Jank, if you ever make a movie and dedicate it to me, Put it uh, to uh, Mike Dell. He was not a doer. I want that on the big box. <laughs> he was not a doer. He was a doer. He still only has 40 miles on his car. He yeah. did very little. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. 
<laughs> uh, but the, the opening scenes are like uh, we're getting all these shots of like a campground, and we hear kids going on in the background, their voices and stuff playing and whatever. But wow, that went on a long time. That opening. Yeah, yeah that's the opening credits. So, you know, they got to yeah. fill screen time somehow. But they could have done that a little quicker, no? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like it. It sets the scene, gives you a good look at the camp. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe do it like one and a half times the speed, you know, just speed it up a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. I don't know. Um, but, hey, uh, the beginning of this film, though, Tuffy, uh, you're a, quite the water skier. So did this bring yeah. back any uh, painful thoughts or fears that you have when you're water skiing when you saw the beginning? No, because I never really worried about running over other people with the boat. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was pretty excited right off the bat. We got a nice water skiing scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Jank, yeah, uh, describe that scene for us. Paint the picture. <laughs> Uh, so we're out on a lake, um, and there's a, a family which consists of a dad and his two children on kind of like a sailboat that doesn't have the sail up. It's just kind of sitting there, and these kids have like hellacious New York accents. There's a boy and a girl, <laughs> and they're just kind of arguing with each other, and uh, they sound like New York cabbies. And uh, <laughs> then like in the background, there's this other boat. There's a speedboat with like a teenage guy and a teenage girl, and they're pulling a girl behind them who's water skiing. Um, and the girl wants the, the to let, wants the guy to let her drive. She keeps asking, like, oh, come on, let me have a turn. And he's like, no, no, I don't want to lose my job. And she's like, oh, come on. And so eventually he gives in. And uh, meanwhile, over on the, the sailboat, the kids are horsing around. They're like, hey, let's push Dad in the water. This will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> turns out it's not. We all like some good horseplay, but not, not in this moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> The boat tips over, and they're kind of splashing each other in the water, having a good time. Uh, but that girl who is taking over the speedboat, she uh not looking where she's going at all and is heading basically right for the coast and for these, you know, the family who is right in front of the coast. <laughs> yes, that was the and, thing. They're like, there's a boat. You're going to hit the boat. Don't worry about the boat. You're going to hit the land <laughs> right after yeah. that. <laughs> you're your trajectory was doomed to failure from the start. You're going right at the wheel. <laughs> I don't know. You're being horrifically negligent behind that wheel. Yes. <laughs> and so the girl either, you know, is water skiing. She's like, hey, turn the boat. Turn the boat. There's people and shit. And they're like, what? They turn back to look at her instead of looking forward at all. So they're just fucking, you know, being dumbasses. And uh, so then eventually they see the family there and like, oh, no, we got to turn the wheel. And uh, when the guy tries to take the wheel and turn it real hard, he accidentally hits the uh, you know the throttle to make the boat speed up. <laughs> and he, he runs the boat right over the sailboat and the family. <laughs> yes. And we see the dad lying there dead, and we see one of the kids' life preservers come floating up. So one of the kids didn't make it. <laughs> but we don't yeah. know who necessarily. Uh now, Miles, in all your uh, viewings of horror movies, this is a pretty great beginning, right? I mean, you get to see a kid get run over by a boat. That's pretty good. <laughs> and, as, and as everyone knows who knows me, if there's anything that makes me happier than a kid being killed in a horror movie, I haven't encountered it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck because a lot of them get murdered in sleepaway camps. 
Sure do. <laughs> well, there's this unwritten rule in horror films, you know, that, that kids are not supposed to get it, you know, below a certain age. Kids are not supposed to get it. Yes. So whenever you have a kid in a horror film, usually he's basically the mascot, right? He's the pet. He's the dog. He's the one who's going to be safe or she, you know, the little girl or the little kid. So when you get a, when you get a moment like in the remake of The Blob that they made, um, oh, where, yeah. the, where the obnoxious child star kid ends up suffering a horrible death, and you just go, wow, that was fantastic. That little fucking <laughs> brat got eaten by the blob. It was what everybody really wanted to happen, and it <laughs> happened. So you know, I, I was I was on board with with uh, uh with that you know and a little a break away from convention. Nobody's safe. So I, think, I think we can all agree those two little kids there on the boat they were creeps. They're just yeah you know, uh, <laughs> pushing the dad. Well, the water. you know, by the by the the logic of Hollywood, if you have a heavy New York accent, there are certain paths that your character <laughs> has to go on. <laughs> One of them is being Getting run, run over, over by, by a boat, feet. admittedly, is not one that I'm familiar with, but hey, <laughs> not usually. But I'll, I'll say this, though. Uh, I was way into this at the beginning when they you get a kid run over by a boat. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is something. Um, I'm in. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry about right. a tragic note. <laughs> All right, Jenks. So next, eight years later, we see a little uh, line up on the screen. Eight years yeah. later. And uh, this now is we're where we get introduced to the real star of the movie, <laughs> the mother, right? She's something. Yeah, Aunt mother. Martha. She is fucking phenomenal. Um, I got a little clip here from uh, Larry's Top Eleven that he did for our palate cleanser episode. I'm going to play a little piece of Aunt Martha's dialogue here because she is just tremendous. Hurry, sweeties! We don't want to be late for the bus. Goodness, no. That wouldn't do at all. Richard, Angela. Oh, here you are. And she's played by <laughs> Desiree Gould, and uh, she's uh, very strange. Oh, sadly, she. Uh, I'm just looking at her. I am her Wikipedia. She passed away in May of this year. Yeah, yeah. Me and Larry were both very bummed about that. She was 76. How about that. Um. Yeah, she had a good, yeah, good long run, but she's but tremendous. She's she is overacting her ass off. Yeah, she's also dressed very distinctively. Like, uh, she's wearing like a beret, I believe, and like a cardigan sweater. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know, yeah, and like some weird red kind of floppy bow tie thing. And yeah, it's very strange. She's got a string she tied on her finger so she wouldn't forget. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the, the the so she's about to send the two kids off to uh, camp. A sleepaway camp. One of the kids is her son, and then mm-hmm. the other kid is Angela, the girl yeah. who survived the boat wreck at the beginning of the movie. Yep. So now she's bro- living with her aunt Martha. Yeah, because her brother and father were murdered by a boat, so she's living with her <laughs> aunt Martha. Yeah. I like that you say murdered by a boat. <laughs> hey, that. Was- no, don't kid yourself. That'd be a great movie. Murdered, like a murdered by a boat, and then like a <laughs> murdered by boat. This goes around killing people. That'd be pretty good. Um, I think that's so a yeah, so they're going, movie. Maybe it's like that. She sends them off to sleepaway camp. Miles, did you ever go to a sleepaway camp or a summer camp when you were a child? I did. I oh, did. We wow. had outdoor ed. Oh, we what? had outdoor education. 
It was called Outdoor Ed. It was it was one week when I was in fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember which. Um, we spent in cabins in the woods. And uh, fortunately, I had not really seen many slash almost yeah. any horror films at that age. I'd seen, like, <laughs> at, you know, the TV versions of a couple movies, but they scared the shit out of me, so I didn't linger on them. So I wasn't too terrified to go out into the woods in the cabins. Now, had I done that a few years later, like, say, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, when I'd been broken into, like, slasher films, I would not have gone. I would have said, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Hell Nothing no. good happens in the woods. So yeah. Do you have fun? That, that was my attitude. No. Yeah. No, no fond memories of your week at camp? Uh, a lot of grab-ass going on? Like, what kind of things were going on at the camp? Well, when I was in fifth grade, no, I would say there's not a lot of grab-ass going on in the camp. I would say there wasn't a lot of showering either. Oh, no. I'll tell you that right now. Smelled pretty bad when I came back. Oof. <laughs> Tuffy, I'm, I'm guessing you never went to a summer camp, right, Tuffy? Yeah, I did. Uh, two years at home. Wow. I had no idea. It was like a church-related uh, summer camp. Oh, wow, church-related. Well, there's definitely grab-ass going on there in a church-related summer camp. <laughs> yeah. Not that I remember. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you had a black ball <laughs> outside the cabin. I remember playing tetherball. Oh, tetherball. That's oh. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we did a tetherball thing in our backyard. It was so good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at the rough tetherball over there. Now, Jank, I've never gone to summer camp. Jank, you never went to summer camp, right? No, no, I'm right there with you. Never went. Right. Yeah, there's nope. a lot of good TV viewing you're missing out going to summer camp. <laughs> yeah. That's when I was watching all those two-part episodes of the Jeffersons while you guys were at summer camp. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's why we had no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so uh, oh, her uh, her cousin is Ricky. That's his name, right? Ricky. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently, the two oh, of them. Should... And, oh, I'm just going to say, in real yeah. life, they had a, they were dating there on the set. Uh, and he yeah. was 17, and she was 13. <laughs> That's a little weird, but all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the lot with the themes of the whole production, I would say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, fair enough. Imagine, I'll imagine there's a lot of weird <laughs> things going on with underage people in this movie on the set but um it's gonna be me it looks very strange <laughs> but all right um so jank did you have another there's, uh, there's some important dialogue in uh in that first scene with aunt martha where she's giving them their physicals and she's like now you yeah. can't tell anyone where you got these even though i am a doctor so it's like something's up with their physicals that she doesn't want people to know about yeah <laughs> it seems strange but uh all right um, <laughs> yeah We'll find out more about that later. Yeah, take a note. All right. So uh, <laughs> they go to camp, and everyone's uh, running off the buses, and they're meeting the other kids. And Angela's very quiet. She doesn't talk. Yeah. She's yeah, just wide-eyed and quiet the whole time. Yeah, this girl has very big eyes. Very big eyes. She yeah. kind of reminded me of uh, that Edward Monk painting, uh, The Scream, where that little guy's just screaming, you know. Oh, that's basically what she looks like. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, especially so, at the end there, for sure. Yes, very much so <laughs> at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, this she's is very hard. The kids are, are, yeah, they're running off the bus, and uh, this is where we get our first look at uh, Artie, the, uh, the the fat, <laughs> you know, slovenly cook guy, who is uh, drinking in all these new arrivals. 
<laughs> we got a clip here of this scene. Oh, yeah. God. Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? Party. They are too young to even understand what's on your mind. Then, good buddy, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. <laughs> what the fuck? What is happening? Like, how does this that's, get that's any... An... How does this get approved, Miles Watson? How does this yeah, that's that's an, that's an all-you-can-eat buffet for a perv is basically what they're saying. Yeah. They're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at 75 consecutive life sentences for what I've done in my life. <laughs> Holy hell. I was very disturbed. I like in I the 80s, it. you apparently didn't even have to hide it. He's just like, ah, oh, whatever. No. I'll tell everyone that I like this. What a fucking weirdo. Yeah. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that's why the director had, went to law school then because he had to – you know, do research to get himself uh, <laughs> not convicted on any of these charges. He had to... Man. Well, apparently the, the guy who plays uh, Artie, in real life, everybody liked him. He was real nice. Like, he was always just there, sitting there reading a book. <laughs> well, so he's nothing good. like his character, so that's, that's good. Well, that's, that's good to hear. But still, would you like to live next to this guy, even though he's an actor? And you're like, <laughs> I'd have to see him in this movie. <laughs> Probably not. No, no, that's going to leave some marks. Baldies? What the fuck? All right. <laughs> so, yeah, the kids are checking in. Uh, we also meet, uh, oh, Judy. Uh, the uh, because, Well, first we meet uh, Ricky's buddy, uh, Peter. Is that right? His buddy, Peter? Uh, Paul. Paul. <clears throat> I, I knew yeah. he was biblical. So he, uh, <laughs> he's, they've, been, they've been friends for multiple summer camps. So this is Angela's first time at this summer camp. But uh, Paul tells him, hey, Ricky, wait till you get a load of Judy. She's got <laughs> big breasts now. But he, I forget what he yeah. says. Yeah. He, he doesn't even say anything. He just makes the motions with his hands like, you know, oh, okay. big boobs. <laughs> and, uh, but then when Ricky looks over and sees Judy, she's, she's flirting with two older fellas. Yeah, this summer Uh-oh. camp, it seems, seems a little weird. Miles, at your summer camp, was there a range of children between 35 and 6? at your summer camp because it seems like there's a wide range of people. No, in my summer, summer camp, it was, it was like the fifth grade class. And then you had yeah. the counselors who I think they seemed like fantastically old to me with, they were probably like, you know, college 20. kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. If that, yeah, they were probably like, you know, freshmen, sophomores in college or something like that, or, co- you know, some, some point in college. And then we had our teachers from school who of course seemed very old. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we didn't have a range of, uh, yeah, yeah. there's a, yeah. there's a no. wide range of children at this camp. Yeah. Well, in the sequels, uh, everybody's the camp, like the counselors and the campers are all in their twenties. So there's a lot of boobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we watch those, those are more of our usual alley on this show. Yes. That's a, Miles, I know you're not here every week, Miles, but that's really what we look for in a film. If uh, there's a lot of naked ladies, then we're happy. That's usually we're fine with it. But, uh, yeah, thankfully, no boobs in this movie. But we do get a lot of naked yeah. teenage man ass in this film. Yep. <laughs> so again, I'm concerned about the director. That's all I'm going to say. I'm a little concerned. 
I would say that this yeah, movie sets, sets the trope on its head a little bit in that <laughs> most slashers, you know, there, there's always like some gratuitous naked chicks and um, yeah. at very least, you know, some TNA involved. And in this film, it's like whatever the male equivalent of TNA is, you know, guys wearing <laughs> way too really short, ball hugging shorts and crop tops and, <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's, yeah, there, there's, there's a reverse. Of of the trope of let's put the bikini babes and these hot girls in and then kill them. This is the kind of exact opposite of that. <laughs> yes, this movie is very, you know, well, I don't want to get canceled, so I'm not going to say anything. But yeah, a lot of dudes in short jean shorts, really short jean <laughs> shorts. That was the, the trend. So. Yeah, that was the thing. I look back at pictures like my dad and my uncle back in those days. And yep. <laughs> All doing it. <laughs> Short jean shorts. All right. So where are, are we in the film here? Um, uh, uh, so Angela goes into the girls' bunk, like Ricky walks her over there, and she's just kind of sitting there on her bed like a weirdo staring at Judy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think later on, we once we everything comes together, maybe we figure it out, right? She's just smitten with Judy. Yeah. Because yeah, it wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Judy does not take uh, take this very well. Her and and uh, Meg, who's the the counselor, who <laughs> comes in with a great line. She's like, "Okay, my name's Meg. M E G. <laughs> yeah, capital M. She makes a big point of it. <laughs> and so Meg and Judy clearly already just from the jump like hate Angela for being a weirdo and not talking and just kind of sitting there and staring. But, but I did read on the set, uh, those three actresses were best of buds. They were really close. Yeah. So how about yep. that? Um, all right. So, uh, yes, but, but we are right away. We're already learning that this Angela, she's very creepy. She's not talking. She's <laughs> yeah. just staring at people. Like what's going on? With oh, obviously we know she's witnessed her, her father and, you know, brother be murdered by a boat. So we know she's got some issues, but she's still mm-hmm. very creepy. So, uh, oh, speaking of creepy, <laughs> yeah, I it's think like the next several days by now, I think, and like then she still hasn't eaten anything. Yeah, three days. Three days she hasn't eaten. Yeah. So the the one uh, the lead counselor at the uh, the camp again a a uh, really jacked dude in shorts and a tank top um, <laughs> takes <laughs> takes Angela back. He says, "Hey, honey, why don't we go back in the kitchen? We'll find you something you want to eat." Because if, if you're uncomfortable here at the camp, the one thing that will make you comfortable is me introducing you to a obvious pedophile. That is really mm-hmm. what we should do. So he takes yep. him back to Good the kitchen what else, yeah. and introduces her to an obvious pedophile in Artie. <laughs> and, and, and then what does Artie do, Jake? Yeah, Artie, if uh, I can just jump in here for a second. Artie yeah, doesn't ahead, yeah. hide the fact that he is a straight-up fucking child molester. Like yes, it's, uh, he he wears that shit like he has a sandwich board that he walks around with saying, yes, "Please leave your child with me so I can have sex with them." <laughs> Even when uh, I don't, I forget what the main counselor guy is it Ron or something. Uh, he he, uh, he introduces Angela to Artie. Artie gets down real low, looks her right in the face, and goes, "Hey there, Angela!" Like super creepy. Oh, oh here it is, actually. Yeah, and oh. and can I just point out that that well, somebody there, hired Angela. him. <laughs> yeah. Hello there, Hello Somebody there, hired Angela. him 
to work to with work. children. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know what? Can we just like <laughs> take maybe a moment on that? Maybe he got a good evaluation and a recommendation from the Chicago Blackhawks, huh, Tuffy? Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know if you're, if you're up to date on the hockey world, Miles, but there's a big scandal going on with Tuffy's beloved Chicago Blackhawks where they had a guy uh, basically raping people, and then they gave him a, uh, a recommendation so he could go work at high schools where he raped other children. So, all right, yeah, Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they also made people quiet uh, when people heard about it because they were, you know, trying to win the Stanley Cup. So there's no need to tell anybody for at least a couple weeks that you know about it. Or a decade. Or a decade. One of the two. A couple weeks or a decade. But maybe that's how Artie ended up at the summer camp. He worked in the Blackhawks front office. All right. Yeah. So uh, Artie gets uh, – uh, Angela alone back in the back room in the kitchen. He says, "Hey, I got something you're gonna love," and he starts undoing his belt. And, uh, oh my god, what am I watching? What the hell is happening right now? And, yeah. But thankfully, Ricky, her cousin, interrupts them, and he's like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing?" And then Artie grabs Ricky and slams him up against the the, uh, the shelves there. And he says, "Hey, you don't say anything about this." And then he goes, "All right, whatever," and they run out. Um, yeah, I don't know why Ricky would agree to that. Like, as soon as you get out of there, you'd be like, hey, <laughs> this guy was trying to touch my cousin. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, then, but, but Jank, already, he, he gets what's coming to him there, right? I, I think that's <laughs> Yeah, in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, I don't know how you and your family used to cook uh, corn on the cob, but what my family used to do, we used to get these large enormous pots like that were eight feet tall put them on the stove fill them up with boiling water and then use step ladders to cook the corn that's how we did it <laughs> it's not even a step ladder it's a fucking chair like a normal kitchen chair mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is not it's very like high off the ground cooking a cauld- it's like he's using a cauldron to cook gumbo like you know the fucking <laughs> New Orleans style for like a hundred people. Yeah. He, he, well, I mean, yeah. it is sleepaway camp. They have many, uh, yes, but, many I mean, there's kids. Gotta a, there's got to be a better way to do it. <laughs> there has to be a better way to do yeah. it. I don't know. Wouldn't it be better to go wide with the pot instead of yeah, tall? Like... <laughs> well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's a child molester, so his ways of doing things uh, <laughs> might be different. From our. It just seems so strange, but like, let's think of a way to kill this guy. All right. Um, let's think of the most illogical, most odd way possible. Couldn't they have come up with something more, like, believable or, like, I don't know, possible? Or... It just seems so strange, but all right. So describe what happened, Jay, to Artie. Uh, so Artie is standing on a chair trying to put, you know, corn into this boiling water. I think he's just salting it, actually. Like, it's boiling. He's like, oh, it's finally boiling. I can do this. And somebody, we don't get to see who, but some kid comes in and starts grabbing the chair out from under him. So Artie grabs onto the shelf right above him and is, like, holding on for dear life like he's about to fall in. You only could just jump off the chair. Like, just <laughs> yeah. jump to the side a little bit. <laughs> You're only, like, or, a you foot know, and a half off the ground. Just straighten up. Why does he just straighten up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. He's hanging uh, for dear yeah, we, life. Over this bubbling cauldron of corn. Yeah. And the struggle goes on for about a minute. He's just hanging there. 
instead of doing anything. And then finally, the little hand kind of pulls the chair away, and Artie does the stupidest thing possible. Instead of just, like, falling to the side or something, he grabs onto the pot of boiling water on his way down, pulling it down on top of himself. That's right. And we just see him laying there, like, his face, you know, becoming a, a bunch of blisters and boils, and he's just boiling the skin off of his face. <laughs> and we and, see James uh, Earl Jones' dad come in, and he's just, like, standing there shocked. And it was, like, yeah. he's cutting to, like, the guy's burning face, and then James Earl Jones' dad looking shocked. And it was so funny every time. Yeah, there's a very <laughs> extended scene of uh, Artie just screaming at the camera, just yelling, <laughs> ah! And, and even when, like, the EMTs come, they have him bandaged up, and his arms are sticking in the air bandaged up. He's still screaming, and it's, oh, it's horrifying. Miles, have you ever seen a similar incident in any horror film where someone dies uh, with – well, he didn't die, I guess. He survived. But he gets uh, burned yeah, he with survives. a big bunch of corn on the cob water. Anything similar? No. I can, I can honestly say that off the top of my head, as far as boiling water goes, I don't recall off the top of my head a boiling water death in any horror film. Hmm. I'm sure there are some. But off the top of my head, I don't recall any. So there you go. Another point for sleepaway camp. Yeah. Yeah. Originality. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, what's up next then, uh, Jank? Uh, so everybody in the kitchen basically gets a raise so that they stay quiet about right. it. <laughs> like, don't right. tell anybody what happened here. <laughs> James Earl Jones' his daddy gets a $50 raise. Everyone else gets $15. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Good deal. <laughs> All because of Pat um, It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I always thought he had a little bit of the devil in him. That's right. <laughs> I'll just have a laugh. <laughs> oh, that fucking pedophile. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, so then we cut to the scene with the, the mind over matter scene where uh, Ricky is kind of trying to get this kid to. <laughs> yeah. Another bear child Before the naked ass. boy ass comes in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's just kind of messing with this Mozart kid. Yeah. <laughs> they're they have a towel wrapped around, like pinning the kid's head to the uh, ground, right? And they're telling him to like, yeah. sit up or something. And then they take the towel away, and it's, he snaps his head right up into the kid's ass, his bare ass. <laughs> One of about yeah. fifteen you see in this movie. Bear children's asses in the sleepaway camp. <laughs> I hope to God someone investigated this director. That's all I hope to God. <laughs> someone looked into him. He went to law school to avoid that. <laughs> this is very disturbing. He needed to know the loophole. But... <laughs> God. Um, I don't know. All right. Uh, so yeah, this little... Oh, that kid they're picking on, his name is Mozart in the film. They call him Mozart. But I guess on the set, they were actually picking on him, and it, it, they had to, like, intervene. Oh. Because they, were, they were literally bullying him on the set, which makes me think that other things we've seen in this film also happened on the set. But anyway. Ooh. Yeah, All right. So uh, now uh, well, let's check in with Tuffy. Tuffy, how are you on Sleepaway Camp at this point in the film? Are you all on board? Uh, couldn't be more excited. <laughs> <laughs> on the edge of his seat 
<laughs> All right. Um, so how, how does uh, the, the second person that dies, or at least uh, there's a second victim, who is that? I, oh, it's that kid that goes swimming, uh, right? The, the yeah, well, ride. first there's the extended uh, softball scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it goes on for quite a while. Don't kid yourself. Ricky turned a hell of a double play there, though, right, on that line drive? Yeah. yeah. That was pretty <laughs> Ricky's nice. Ricky's got the goods. <laughs> that was pretty, yeah, that was pretty nice. They're playing for a nice catch out in uh, left field. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, that, now, again, normally you would see in this kind of scene, you'd probably see some buxom girls running around the bases or bending over to take a grounder. But here we just get a bunch of dudes in cut-off jean shirts and, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. But, um, listen, mm-hmm. yeah, not, you didn't let girls play Crop tops and, yeah. <laughs> that is a very weird look, the crop top and short jeans that the one guy was rocking in it. Very yeah. strange. Um, <laughs> one, of, uh, one of Larry's favorite lines I know is in this scene. I got a clip here. Uh, it's a good line. Go! Come on, Billy, be ahead of Bill. Come on, Bill. Right through. No problem, Gino. This guy blows dead dogs. Just lay it in there. Eat shit and die, Ricky. <laughs> Eat shit and live, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit and live, Bill. <laughs> that is some repartee there. I believe what a uh, I edited that line in one of your books, Miles. I believe you had it yep. in Sinner's Cross, the World War II that drama. That is banter, the- <laughs> baby. That really? is banter. <laughs> Although, I'll tell you something. That that exchange is very 80s. I will say that. It's very, very <laughs> 80s. Early, early, <laughs> mid-80s banter in an R-rated I film. I just don't know where the zinger is in Eat Shit and Live. Is that really like after he didn't die? I mean, okay, I'm still alive, and yeah. he's dead. So I, don't we gotta, you gotta I think it's, it's the shame of living shit. with – it's the shame of having lived after eating shit. I think that's yeah, safe. Yeah, your breath's going to smell like shit. You can brush your teeth. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the stink palm in Mallrats. It's not going to come off for a couple of days. I, I think the, the blowing dead dogs is better. <laughs> I think that was a better line. Yeah. Blowing dead dogs. This guy blows <laughs> dead dogs. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, So then game. I think we get to the, yeah, we get to the first dance that they're having. Oh, <laughs> this is a great right. scene. <laughs> the dance. Yeah. Everyone's kind of gathered in like the rec hall. Um, Angela's just kind of sitting there with the same blank look on her face. Like yeah. eating some kind of ice cream or something. And uh, the boys are going to have this big uh, skinny dipping party later on. And they're like, we should ask Angela. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Let's do it. And so they send these, these two guys over. And uh, they're trying to talk Angela into it. She's, you know, not talking or doing anything <laughs> as per usual. Um, and it leads to one of my favorite lines, which I got a clip here. Um, it's cut right out of, you know, an episode of Who's the Boss, pretty much. How come you're so fucked up? I mean, like, what's your problem? <laughs> I get that a lot in my life. Why are you so fucked up, Angela? Hey, oh, oh, hey. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, the, the kid, uh, Paul, he tries to talk to Angela and, uh, at the day, and they kind of have a little conversation. Then he says, all right, well, she doesn't talk to him. And he says, all right, well, good night, Angela. And then he's leaving. She says, good night. So he's a like, good. Yeah. Night. He's very excited now. You know, he's got 
He's got an in with Angela. He finally said something. Now yeah. I'm swooning. <laughs> because also he is Ricky not... comes in wearing like the biggest, goofiest fucking cowboy hat. <laughs> like, yeah, this is my getting laid hat. <laughs> so then we get the big uh, skinny dipping scene. Again, no girls allowed, so don't get excited. Yeah. <laughs> A bunch of dudes <laughs> dropping their pants and running into the like lake. They try to get the girls to go, but then none of them want to go, and they still decide, all right, this is still a good idea. Yeah. Like, I'd be out at that point. I, I want to get naked with all my <laughs> dude friends. Let's go. <laughs> so, like, 14 naked dudes jump in the lake. and uh, But then uh, I, I think what – one of the other dude is this the same time this happens? Like another dude asks a girl to go out on a canoe ride with him, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the same two guys from the dance. Stoned, I think now they've been just smoking weed the whole time. Yeah, and, and the girl that gets like one of the counselors, Ellen, right? I think is uh, one of the counselors. Yeah. Counselors. So, um, but when they get out on the lake, they're uh, well. Let's see if Tuffy. You remember what happens, Tuffy, when they get out on the lake? Uh, he tips the canoe over. Yeah, because he's going to make a move on her. And what better move than <laughs> tipping the canoe over? Yeah, pissing him off first yeah. is a great plan. So she gets Maybe the logic and... there is like, you know, then there are in the wet clothes, so you convince her once you get back on shore to take her clothes off, maybe? I Maybe. But she just swims away and yells <laughs> at him. So he yeah. does what anyone would do in that situation. You. He uh, he swims underneath the canoe and just starts singing to himself. I I don't know what was he doing, Jank? Why did he go under the canoe? <laughs> just... I have no idea. He's like he, he's talking to the girl, but she was already you know probably to shore already. Yeah. He's like hey, <laughs> and he starts singing hey Baba Rebob and shit. Hey um... <laughs> Which is so that's weird. Miles' second favorite song. Hey, Bobby Rebob. <laughs> hey, Bobby Rebob. Um, but when he's under the canoe, a head pops up out of the water. We just see the back of the head. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And then this person holds him under the water. And, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty strong person, apparently. I know. Well, that's an answer to his question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to drown. He asked. Up to that moment, the killer was not going to do anything. That, that seems like a thing. He's on the fence. A, I'm guessing that happened in a lot of the Friday the 13th, like someone being drowned in the lake, Crystal Lake, right? Is that what it was called? Like they had to Actually, believe it or not, there's very few drownings in the Friday the 13th uh-huh. film. Yeah. Like, and Jason is actually <laughs> really the, the main person who drowns. Oh, all right. Yeah, the killer is the person who drowns. Mm. All right. Um, so then uh, the next day they find that kid's body, I guess. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, hey, how about the special effects? The paper mache head <laughs> with a snake crawling out of it? That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Top it doesn't look real, but it's cool. So uh, we should say that, the uh, again, the, the lead guy who runs this camp is Mel. He, he's an older fellow, and he's very creepy himself. Uh, he, he looks, you know. <laughs> He's not someone you want in your neighborhood, I don't think, just the looks of him. Um, no. But yeah. he, uh, he's about 50 and not a, not much of a looker, but somehow, you know, the young lady swooned wow. for him. So you're, you're <laughs> telling me that guy's only four years older than me? <laughs> yeah. 
Miles Watson. We're in that age bracket now where we look like that guy. <laughs> I don't I don't really want to think about that actually at all. <laughs> a lot of things are disturbing about being this age, but that's that's know, like, certainly one of them. Like when you were saying when you were a kid and you're looking at those counselors and you thought they were so old. Like imagine remember what it was like to look at someone in their late forties when you were a kid, like, Oh my god, they're Close May as death. well be dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Grim Reaper themselves. Here's the funny thing is, is that the the people that I thought were so old when I was at Outdoor Ed in like fifth grade are probably 25 years younger than me. So exactly. it's yeah. sort of it's yeah. sort of like when I started watching The Simpsons, Homer Simpson was 34 and I was like 17. <laughs> I'm now like like 15 years older than fucking Homer you've Simpson. Yeah, you've laughed. Yeah, I don't I don't care for that at all. So, so uh, all right, so yeah, but Mel, he's a creepy guy, and he's just concerned about the camp getting a bad reputation for a dead kid. <laughs> so he's like, hey, yeah. let's not talk. Let's try and keep this quiet about the dead kid, you know? I don't want to talk about the dead kid. <laughs> and uh, It's like the mayor in Jaws. It's like, ah, uh, whatever. It'll work itself out. <laughs> yes. A couple of accidents. Don't worry. Uh, so a pedophile <laughs> burned himself and a kid drowned. Big deal. Or still a great summer camp. <laughs> yeah, the one guy's like, I think he was a pretty good swimmer. Like, no, no, it was an <laughs> So, all right, uh, then what happens, Jank? I forget. Uh, I think after that they have, like, that movie night. Um, right. I'm guessing they watch Paul... a porn of some sort, knowing this camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably watch The Hills Have Thighs for all the kids. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Paul's kind of there with Angela, and then he's like, oh, hey, can I walk you back to your bunk? Oh, yeah. And she's like, okay. And then he's like, hey, come over here to the side, and, you know, I want to talk to you for a second. <laughs> and uh, he goes in for a kiss. She yeah, doesn't seem too enthused. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Nah. She just kind of freezes her up. Again. And like, kisses yeah. her again, too. He's like, can I have another one? And uh, at first, I'm so good. Got to get me another one. <laughs> and uh, and then she just begs I off. like the fact that right. you did nothing back. And she's like, all right, I got to go. And she turns <laughs> around, goes back into her bunk. And uh, I don't know. Someone, someone yeah, died. Yeah, Judy yes, shows up to kind of talk some shit. Um, that Judy, she's a pistol. That Judy, she's always causing trouble. <laughs> oh, man. She's probably the best actress in this movie. She does a good job at that part of just being a bitch. <laughs> and this is like the only thing she ever did on her IMDb page. This and that that short thing. Yeah, Judy. Uh, but I also like yep. there's a scene where she wears a pink shirt with her name Judy right across her bosom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Judy. As you do. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, when's the next killing? Let's, uh, uh, let's see. The next next part is they're fucking with Mozart again. I like this part because, like, they put the shaving cream in his hand, and he wakes up and starts swinging a knife at everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Miles, God, this happened God, at of hand. Ed Camp. Did anyone pull a knife on you at Ed Camp? Oh. Uh, I can honestly say that no one tried to murder me at, at Outdoor Ed. I, you know, I, I got to be honest. There was no boiling water. There were no bees. 
Um, the only penis I saw was my own. Um, I will also say that despite it being the early mid-80s, this, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I may actually not have seen my own Wang that entire week. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. While no one did try to boil me or flap their you-know-what at me, I will say this. There was no gender bending <laughs> of, any, of any kind. But, but uh, in a shocking shearing off, from convention. Despite it being the early mid-80s, there were no crop tops on men and there were no who wears short shorts shorts. <laughs> None of that. When I was a kid, I had not going for those kind of shenanigans. But my jean shorts were always like to the knee. You know, you get your holes in your jeans and then you cut them off to make jean shorts. Right. That's what we did when we were kids. Mm-hmm. But they weren't up at the crotch. At an angle. No, the short shorts <laughs> were the short shorts were a thing of my older brother's generation, like four years older than me. They wore like the the guys wore like the kind of soccer short or athletic shorts that's like really fucking short. And mm-hmm. then and the crop top was a pretty popular thing. Like that that tank top that was like cut off like a football jersey, like a college football uh college football oh. guys wear those. Um yeah. But that was more of like a 70s, like a late 70s slash like 1980 thing than like a 1985 thing, so to speak. But uh, so this this movie is on the cusp of generations. (laughs) It's out of its time, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, these were like my older brother's age, the counselors, you know, these guys like with their, their thick middle parted hair and insufficient clothing. One of the counselors in a crop top and short jeans, he comes in and he takes the knife away from Mozart and he says, "Hey, you'll get this back at the end of the summer, or whatever, at the end of the program." But uh, someone's responsible here. Well, he didn't exactly hide the knife; he just put it on a shelf. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, so our killer, our mysterious killer—oh, who could it be? Later, finds that knife. (laughs) And uses it repeatedly. But, uh, all right, so, um, yeah, there's got to be another murder here soon, though, right? Are we getting close? Yeah, um, I think next they're at the beach, and, you know, Judy's kind of talking shit again. And then after that, like, uh, Angela's walking around, and a bunch of people up on top of a roof throw a water balloon at her, and they act like she was in a drive-by. Like, oh, my God, are you okay? (laughs) It's true. It's she true. She smacked pretty good by that water balloon. Though. It's like boom. She did, yeah, but the level of alarm is really more like in line with a, if they'd fired a fucking Uzi at her than if they hit her with a water balloon. And keep in mind, we've already had a kid die, and they're still like they weren't that concerned about that. But she got hit by a water balloon. Oh my god! <laughs> we got to call. We got to do something. Yeah. Priorities, man. <laughs> but but Ricky. That Ricky, her cousin, she sees this. He comes running over, and he's yelling at all those. He's cursing at those dudes up on the roof. He he yeah. leaves quite the tapestry of obscenity. Cockfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I, I read on IMDb that's uh, how he got the part. Uh, that was his audition. The director wanted him to just swear at him for a while. So that's what he yeah. did. He yelled at, he's, he's like, like really tear into me. Yeah. 
we don't even want to know if the guy got excited when that was happening. We just will, won't even ask that question. <laughs> but <laughs> I think you know the answer. But uh, yeah, so then Mel comes in, the, the camp owner. He comes in and he says, "Hey, you kids, get off the roof there." And he's yelling at them kids. He's like, "Ah, don't be throwing. You could have put her eye out with that water balloon." And then um, <laughs> what does he? <laughs> so, but now we know that. Uh, so the kid that was leading the water balloon barrage, he uh, he runs. He goes back to his bunk and he's still living it up. And he says, "Hey, I'll meet you guys down at the lake. I got to go take a wicked shit." So he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he finds his preferred porn magazine, and then he goes in to take a wicked shit. And uh, but when sure he does. When he's in there, Jank, what happens? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, some little hands put a uh, broom handle in like the handle of the bathroom door, so he can't get out now. And then yeah, you the see stall. the knife come. Yeah, in the back of the stall is like a you know screen window, and uh, we see that this knife cutting through the screen window. So now there's a hole in it, and someone is using a stick to like bring in like or take a uh, beehive and stick it through the slit in the screen door and and drop it on this guy taking a shit. <laughs> yes. When this was happening, I'm like, oh, he's just gonna stab him with that knife through the window. Like, and then he's like, oh, wait, no, wait, there's a stick and a be- wait a beehive. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> so yeah, he drops a beehive. I swear, this I saw is Macaulay this- Culkin. That's a pretty inefficient way to kill him. Yeah, I think I've seen this many times on episodes of Yogi Bear. I think there was always a beehive on a stick. And they were very <laughs> Maybe concerned. that's where he, he got did, the uh, idea. Yeah, he did prop the door shut first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because, you know, the door, <laughs> and just a reminder, the door does not go all the way to the floor. You know, the kid could have just yeah. crawled under. But he uh, he instead chose to just repeatedly shake the door for about 10 minutes while he's getting stung by bees. And he eventually breaks oh, through yeah. the door, the, the broom handle. And then he, he – oh, these weren't just bees, though. Apparently, they were radioactive bees because this kid is just <laughs> devoured. Like, his skin is peeling yeah. off his body while being stung Those by murder hornets. bees. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a nuclear fallout, and he uh, got attacked by some bees. So, I, yeah, that kid's dead. So, these kids are dropping left and right. Uh, we've lost. Yeah, everybody so who was mean to Angela. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think there's a scene now where the the really jacked uh, counselor and Mel don't they have a little meeting in the office? And I guess some kids are leaving the camp now because of the, is that what happened? Some kids chose to leave because yeah, I think it, so. Because Mel's like, how many do we have left? And I was like, wait a minute, uh, you only lost you lost two kids. I think you should still have a lot of kids left. But I'm guessing some are leaving the camp. They said, I'm out of here. All these deaths. But um, so they they kept some kids going. So they decided to consolidate the bunks and, you know, to keep the camp going, though, because what's two murders between friends? <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> Seems like a good idea at the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, hey, Mel thinks he knows who's doing it, though, because he's seen the anger in his eyes. But he yeah. won't say who it is. But he's seen that anger in his eyes. Um then uh so who who gets killed next? There's gotta be oh, is Judy next? Uh no, it's not yet. Um first there's that scene where like uh her and Angela and Paul are like at the beach at night and he kinda starts trying to feel her up and then she like has that oh, yeah. weird dream about like where her dad was gay oh, with like the uncle. <laughs> <or> <laughs> <something>. <laughs> 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 I 
Miles, <laughs> did, you see, did you expect this to happen here, Miles, this flashback? Were you, I was a little caught off guard by this flashback. I'll be honest. I was completely <laughs> caught off by the flashback because I was like, okay, they're going to, you know, they're going to get it on and like, the the killer will appear or something because by the logic of slasher films, anytime sexuality is engaged, there's, there's usually a machete that that's going to come along in short order. But I was like, okay, we're flashing back. All right, this I've seen I've seen flashbacks at interesting times in in horror movies, a la Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. But now we're getting into like I don't know like uh, some strange territory here yeah. in this in this. It's- Flashback, um, John like Waters, this. perhaps. Yes, uh, a lot of symbolism. It's like, like right in the yeah, middle, they're, they're... Uh, <laughs> right in the middle of Friday the Thirteenth. All of a sudden, Brokeback Mountain erupts. You're like, what the hell's happening? Okay, here's the, the thing. On? Here's the thing. We're we're in a situation at this point where the symbolism of the film is is taking a direction that again yes. was unexpected. That's number one, and number two. Yeah. It reminded me quite a bit of, if you ever saw A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, that film is so loaded with homoerotic imagery. (laughs) I've never seen it. And the director later totally denied. He's like, no, there's absolutely no homoerotic themes or themes of unconscious sexuality, you know, of homosexuality (laughs) in this film, like unconscious. And I'm like, are you joking? Like there's close-ups on guys' asses being whipped. There's leather, yeah, there's the like S&M. Like a leather clad, like <laughs> S&M. And he's like whipped yeah. to death in a shower. There's like close-ups of his ass being smacked. Like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like Stalin <laughs> didn't lie as much as the director did in this film. I mean, at least Joel Schumacher was one of those Batman films that was yeah. loaded with, with uh, bondage imagery. He, he, he's, was very open about it. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he pretty much wanted nipples. it. On his this yeah. film, I like the bad nipple. This film has like it's from from the opening dedication of you know with fond you know fond regard for my mom to the final scene is loaded with. <laughs> I, let me just put it this way: a psychologist, cries for help, right? Yeah, cries could, for help. That's a, a psychiatrist <laughs> could could spend a lot of time analyzing. Like seeing this movie would probably be able to write a. a doctoral thesis on the director and the writer and be like, okay, this is here. Here are the themes. Here's my yeah. Freudian analysis of where this movie's going. This movie <laughs> is very disturbing. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> so yeah, her, her dad, you try and do in a horror we, movie. her dad and the other guy we saw at the beginning, who was on the beach waving to him. And they were lovers and her and her brother saw them making sweet, sweet love. And they're laughing at him. So then, uh, then their next thing you see in the flashback is Angela and her brother in her bed, and uh, they're <laughs> about to touch each other. And then it cuts away. And well, they never like touch each other as much as the boy is pointing at Angela. Well, yeah, but he's going to touch her. His hand gets closer <laughs> and closer. He's going to. I thought that was kind of a you know, symbolic thing for what's going yeah. to happen later <laughs> that he's pointing at. Or, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I think yeah, there's stuff going on there. I don't know. It's weird. So, um, <laughs> yeah. all right. Uh, so yeah, Angela freaks out then because she's having this flashback while he's kissing her on the beach and stuff. And she was into it at first. It seemed like because that first kiss they had, she wasn't into it. This time they were kissing on the beach pretty good. Like she was into it. 
But when he started to like undo yeah. her shirt, that's when she started having the flashback. So then she gets up and runs away, right? Is that what happens? Yep. Yeah. Um. So then. Uh, Next I was... day, I think they're having like a capture the flag game. Yes. Um, capture the flag. And so, yeah, Ricky's got a big plan. Like Angela, we're gonna split up. You go this way. I'll go this way, and then we'll we'll get the other guy's flag. And while they're doing that, they come across Judy and Paul in the woods making out. Yeah. Uh oh. So now <laughs> and Judy of course just rubs it in, like, oh, he called you a prude and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so we know Judy's days are numbered. Not looking good for Judy. <laughs> um Nope. So later that night, uh, she has a different guy back at her bunk. All right, and uh, she's making out with that guy, and uh, and even then she's a bitch. She's like, "Do you have to kiss or what?" Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, but uh, Meg dies before that, though, right? Meg, the counselor. Yeah. She has. She gets a night off. So, like any, uh, uh, you know, cute, like eighteen, nineteen-year-old girl. What, what does she want to do? She wants to go have a date with Mel. The elderly guy who kind of looks like a frog. Let's go. I want to have a date with that guy. So she says, hey, Mel, how about that dinner? Can we uh, go have that dinner you promised me? And Mel's like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's go. So he says she's going to meet him at his place at like 9 o'clock. So she has to go take a shower, but the shower's full in her bunk. So she, oh, is the water still on in the other bunk or whatever? So she's going over there to use that shower. And, uh, uh, you're like, oh, maybe we'll get a naked girl here. Nope, nope, nope. Only naked dudes. <laughs> nope. Naked. Don't look naked girls. <laughs> so uh, then um, – I need to point did... out that Larry was the first one to point this out to me. Is She's like the worst, like, shower hummer I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> she's like humming a song, but it's, it's got, like, no tune, and it's just right. totally fake. <laughs> All right, I'll take your word for it. Didn't notice. So uh, – but then the killer comes in and stabs her in the back, right? Just starts stabbing her like psycho, right in the back. Yeah, it's more like one continuous stab all the way down the back. Yeah, gutting the deer, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like Alf um, with that zipper. It's like Alf <laughs> zipper. My God, you beat me to it. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're now both making Alf references. My work here is done. All right, so, well, uh, actually, I, I was about to add, Mike Dell, that I would like to plunge a fucking knife into Alf and unzip his guts no. for real. No, that's a horrible. That's a horrible sentiment. <laughs> but, okay, just right. blast him with a flamethrower. Sorry. But sorry. anyway, anyway, get back to the movie. <laughs> Leave that ugliness behind us. Um, so now Judy is in her bunk making out with some dude, and Mel's looking for Meg, so he's looking around for her. And uh, he, well, he's going around asking all these kids, hey, have you seen Meg? Because I'm looking for Meg. Even though I'm a guy in my late 50s, yeah. I'm looking for Meg. He was supposed to meet up with me an hour ago. <laughs> he's not troubled about this at all. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Artie is now dead. I have to pick up the slack. Where is Meg? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Show me where Meg is. So uh, he goes in and asks Judy, the, the guy Judy's making out with hears Mel, so he hides. Judy says, oh, I haven't seen her. Last I saw her, she's over there taking a shower. So Mel goes to look for her in there, and then the other kid goes, hey, I don't want to get caught in here. So he leaves Judy, and she calls him a uh, – what does she call him? A, a prick or a uh, – what does she call him? <laughs> uh, oh, shit, I don't remember. Yeah, because I, I think prick was a 
popular insult in this film, or uh, dickhead, yeah. or something like that. Um, peckerhead, so then, I know there's one of those yeah, in the peckerhead. somewhere. Yeah, it might even peckerhead. So <laughs> then, uh, so Mel discovers Meg dead, and uh, then I guess they're, they're now they're like, all right, maybe two, three murders, that's a coincidence, but you know, now four, that's a pattern. So now what do we... He has a great reaction, though, when he sees Meg there. He's just like, no, not you, Meg. Yeah. He was about to have like season one before they have, had figured out the voice. He was about to have <laughs> sex with a young girl, and now she's dead. Why couldn't it have been 15 <laughs> minutes later than this? But no, she's dead. So now he goes out, and he starts warning everybody, he'll be on the lookout for a murderer is loose in the camp, right? And then uh, people start looking. Yeah. Like, Everybody get back to your bunks. Get back to your bunks. But before all that, I guess, uh, well, you know what? Since Miles is the guest, maybe we'll let him have the honor of walking us through Judy's death. Would you like to describe what happens to Judy, Miles? <laughs> to Judy? <laughs> um, are we are we are we at the at the bunk bed? Uh, <laughs> yes, when she dies. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm while we're while we're speaking here, I'm going to try to punch up some images. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> Gotta relive it again. I don't know. Bunk bed death. Judy. <laughs> it involves a curling. Well, let's keep in mind that in uh, in Friday the 13th, part one, Kevin Bacon is murdered while lying in bed. Yeah. Uh, he is stabbed right through, the throat. through the throat while he is lying in bed. Um, and that was the first, I believe that is the first uh, bed death <laughs> really? first that death. I have ever seen. Um, <laughs> like, you know, the, uh, the first uh, you're not safe in bed death. But he did, when did that he movie, did just... Deathbed, oh. The Bed That Eats, come out? <laughs> that's, that's possible. But, it, uh, again, in fairness, though, uh, Kevin Bacon just got a knife through the throat, not a curling iron, yeah. and his hoo-ha. <laughs> so yeah, cool. okay. So, so, the, so there's the – Judy has her cabin, right? She's in her own cabin. And the, the killer, still unidentified at this point, Decides to kill Judy with a hot, not just a curling iron, but, of course, yeah. a fully heated curling iron, <laughs> while simultaneously smothering her with a pillow. Yeah. So it's interesting to note this, because he's not just killing her with a curling iron. He's, he's simultaneously raping and killing her, although <laughs> if, if what, we're, what we're told earlier is true... She didn't die. <laughs> uh, well. She went on to make a, to make short YouTube films about her life. But put some, yeah. put some neo without a on doubt, it. without a doubt, that 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 killing was highly unexpected. Um, for my part, I was not seeing that coming. I did not now, think there would be a scene as as weirdly sort of like perverted sexual as this film is as like. As many weird psychosexual underpinnings there are to things, 
I really wasn't expecting to see a rape murder with a curling iron, yes. a hot curling iron. <laughs> that is a I'm not sure what the fuck the symbolism That's... was supposed to be there. That wasn't even on my bingo card. Well, she... rape with a curling iron. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, while being the director does yeah. not like vaginas. I think that's what we've learned through this movie. Um, yeah, that's, it's like it's, it's like weird. he doesn't just kill her; he destroys her vagina. So it's like I don't know if, based on how the film ends, that there's he's making a commentary about the killer's feelings about vaginas, or there's <laughs> like some kind of deeper message. But here's the problem: when you have a scene like this. Whatever symbolism you meant underneath is bound to be kind of forgotten in the fact that we just watched somebody get smothered with a pillowcase and raped with a curling iron. Rape fucked, <laughs> rape murder. What do you even call that kind no. of murder? I don't no, even know. You like, do do it tastefully where it's all done in yes. shadow. You never see it's much. It's as tastefully yeah. as you can have a young <laughs> yeah. woman raped with a hot curling iron. They just show it in shadow. And uh, her hands extended and, like, screaming and stuff. So they don't actually show it, but it's implied heavily. And, yeah, so yeah. it's very yeah. tastefully done yeah. in the world of <laughs> curling iron it's race. Definitely, it's definitely a unique kill. Um, in the history of slashers, I, I've seen, you know, you, you watch enough slashers, and I imagine I've watched dozens in my life, <laughs> several Hell dozen yeah. at least. Um, I, I can't think offhand of a murder quite like that. I know in the sequel to this film, the direct sequel that the same uh, director made, there's a guy who has barbed wire wrapped around his penis. And then (laughs) the killer drives away in a Jeep with the, with the, uh, the, the barbed wire still attached to said penis, which of course ceases to become attached to said victim. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there, <laughs> that this particular writer slash director has some something he's trying to say consciously or unconsciously yeah. about I sexual just, organs. I think I know what it is. I don't like girls. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, Judy, she gets the old curling iron treatment, and then. Uh, uh, so they're looking for the killer. They're like looking through the woods, and the uh, oh, don't they find that some guy stumbles upon another body or something and vomits? Is that what happens? Because yeah, what, there's a remember what? the one counselor guy is supposed to take some of the younger kids out camping that night. Okay. Yeah. So he goes, and some of the kids have to pee. So when they come back, he finds the rest of the kids have all been like axe murdered in their sleeping bags. Because oh. I was that's when you pee. Sand. I was. Staring at the screen, and I could not tell what I was looking at. I'm like, "What is that?" I'm guessing it's a dead body. <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't making sense to me. I just couldn't figure out what it was. But I'm like, "All right." Yeah, I think those were the other kids that were on the roof. Angela. Uh, no, oh, well, when what, Angela got thrown into the lake and uh, Ricky's helping her out, there's a bunch of little kids that just start throwing sand at them when they come up on the dock. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 right. yeah. Okay. Man, this Angela. She keeps receipts. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't let anything slide. She's got a list. With Angela, she's coming to collect at some point. Don't you worry. So uh, then they're looking through the woods, and then Mel finds Ricky in the woods, 
and because uh, Mel thinks Ricky's the killer. And he just beats yeah, the yeah. holy hell out of out of Ricky. He, he's doing like he, he, he like Hulk smashes him. He just like two yeah. hands, like boom, hammer fist, double. Hey Miles, I remember once in the octagon. I can't remember who did it, but do you remember some guy? They were doing double handed hammer fists. Do you remember that? It was like yeah. Um, well, in, 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 Kazushi Sakuraba, the UFC, he's never fought in the UFC, but he uh, he used to do this thing called the Mongolian chop. Which almost sounds like a like a wrestling move, but he used to yeah, actually hit wrestling. guys with yeah. a double judo chop to the fucking head or the neck. Um, yeah, he used to he used to throw both hands simultaneously, bang. But I remember somebody was doing ground and pound. They actually did it with both hands, and I it was a yeah. Long, I think long I know. Time. I think I remember what you're what you're saying. I don't remember who it was, but, but I remember that that's fight. What, but that's what uh, Mel was doing to Ricky, and he just beat him to death well mel thinks he kills him right he's like oh i gotta get out of here like because he thinks he's yeah. still ricky um so but it, when he's leaving he he happens to walk right in front of the archery target and then he turns and sees <laughs> the killer and he's like oh not you it couldn't have been you what and the killer shoots him right <laughs> through the throat with an art with an arrow boom yeah pretty cool. gives him the kevin bacon <laughs> the kevin bacon <laughs> Right through the throat with arrow. Uh, so Mel's dead. Um, next we see. Uh, oh well, we see uh, before this we saw Angela and, and Paul going. They were going to the beach, and Angela says, "Hey, meet yeah, me at she the says, beach. meet me at the beach after the social." Yeah. So then when she gets to the beach with uh, Paul, he's like, "She's like, hey, let's go swimming," and he's like, "Oh, we don't even have our trunks or whatever." And she's like, "Hey, just take her clothes off." And he's like, "Oh boy, howdy." Let's take our clothes off. <laughs> he's very excited. And uh and he's, in for, he's in for a surprise <laughs> when Angela takes her clothes off. <laughs> so but then we cut back to the other counselors. They find Ricky, uh, but he's alive. And uh so then they get Ricky and then they go look for Angela and they stumble across them on the beach and Angela's on the beach and she's like has a, a Paul's head on her lap, and she's, like, stroking his hair. Oh, two lovers on the beach. How sweet. And then uh, what happens, Jank? <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out Paul's head is not attached to his body anymore. Uh, yeah. And Angela <laughs> turns to face the uh, the two counselors who are coming yeah. upon her with a flashlight. She, she jumps and, uh, to her And she's feet. standing there. She, le- yeah. she leaps to her feet, so his head goes rolling. And, yeah, and then she looks at the counselors. Yeah, and just mouth totally agape is just standing there making this horrible like, noise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's completely naked, and uh, they're they're just horrified at what they're seeing there. And they're like, oh, my yeah. God, she's a boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're really horrified yeah. about, not the severed head. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a boy. Oh, don't worry about that severed head. But did you see that penis? There is a penis right there. I can see it. And, uh, yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. That's the ending. Well, there's Angela's a flashback where, yeah, there's a flashback oh, where you right. see Aunt Martha with, uh, with the young Peter, and he, she's like, oh, hey, you know, I already have a, a baby or a son, so you're going to be my daughter, Angela, now, Peter. Yes. So, so, yeah, at the beginning of the movie, when the two kids died in the boat, or the one kid died in the boat accident, we're led to believe that it was the boy that died, but actually Angela died, 
And then Aunt Martha, mm-hmm. the twisted lady that she is, raises uh, the boy as a girl, and that is now Angela. <laughs> and then we, the movie, we cut back to Angela standing there naked, and and you know, no shame at all. This Angela, completely naked, <laughs> with a knife, just screaming, with her mouth open. And that's the movie ends, right? Like that's it. That's the last. That's it. Yeah. Just freeze frame on that that weird so, looking face. Turns green and plays this creepy song. You're just like, oh so the my big, god, that was terrifying. The big climax <laughs> isn't that you kill the murderer, you catch the murderer. It's just, oh, that that girl's a boy. Oh my god, this is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I guess, I guess if you if you watch this film twice, you'd probably read, be able to like read more into the way certain people were killed. <laughs> based on the fact that this is a boy that's masquerading as a girl because he's all fucked up because of the original boating accident and then being raised this particular way like he was forced to be a girl when he's actually a guy so he's insane and yeah. I'm told that this film is like kind of reviled by like the LGBTQ community is because it? of yeah, but but then there's like a small proportion of bloggers and writers in the community that like the film. So it's got like the, it's got like a subcult because this is a cult film, and it's got like a <laughs> subcult <laughs> of this this weird subcult of people who on the LGBTQ side of things who are like, no, 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 no. This this movie has things to say, and then there's others who are like, this movie is fucked up because it's full of homophobic and transphobic imagery, and I'm like. We need to take a step back and just look on the fact that this movie's fucked up, period. Like, you've got the child molester who gets boiled, and, like, there's just a lot of weird shit going on here. Like, the curling iron rape scene is not what you're upset about. It's the fact that the killer has a dick. Like, I think I think a, a solid step back is necessary to evaluate sleepaway camp. And I'll be honest, I don't think there's much in this that's homophobic. It's very... Uh... No. embracing no. of the homosexual life. <laughs> so, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, if oh, anything, this sure. film has very strong gay, like a gay theme or a, or a subtext a very of gay homoeroticism movie. in it. There, there's right. a lot of homoeroticism in this film, whether it's intentional or unintentional, and it's funnier if it's unintentional. Um, but, you know, just <laughs> kind of like... The, the, yeah, that makes yeah the, and that's great. what makes it... It's funnier if it is, because it's like, how do you not know? Like, like I said, yes. Schumacher knew what he was doing with Batman, but like when you when you start thinking of of the Nightmare on Elm Street director going, no, what are you talking about? Like, there's no homoerotic imagery in Nightmare on Elm Street two, and you're like, are are you joking? Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Like, you you didn't know? If you didn't know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, that final scene, they uh, they apparently got just like a college kid. Uh, yeah. to come in and play Angela and they put this like mask of Angela's face on him and he like didn't want to do it he was like he got all nervous so like you basically got him real drunk <laughs> so that he yeah. could take his clothes off and, and do I'm, the scene I'm guessing the director was used to getting young boys drunk to do things I'm guessing that was right. wow wow. <laughs> I, wow I have a feeling he was doing that wow. a lot at some point in his life you went you went there you went you're you're saying like uh, unless I'm misunderstanding you you're saying <laughs> allegedly. that allegedly that he, unless, if, unless <laughs> I'm missing my mark, you're saying that the that the the guy who gets boiled 
is actually the director talking about himself. Basically a surrogate for the director. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, self-insert. <laughs> and, and the fact that he's boiled alive is like... His self-hate him is his own maybe, shame. Yeah, his self-hate is manifesting here. Yes. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting young boys naked, drunk, they'd get naked right up his alley. All right, but anyway, let's check in with Tuffy. <laughs> All right, Tuffy, uh, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Sleepaway Camp, Tuffy? Anything we missed? You'd like uh, to ten out of ten. This movie is <laughs> <What>? incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> ten Tuffy out of ten. Up. We're learning a lot about Tuffy. Yeah. Now. All right. Ten out of ten. I mean, I uh, did not know what. Do you have a Do you have a favorite scene, Tuffy? Anything really stand out? Uh, no, I mean it's all just so great. It's hard <laughs> to pick one scene <laughs> that would wow, be your favorite, okay. especially because I had no idea what this movie was. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't know the twist. That that that's always fun the first yeah. time when you see where this is going. Yeah, I didn't really know either. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it was very <laughs> eye-opening. <laughs> but um, uh, I like this film. You know, it was interesting. I'm glad I've seen it. Um, I, I can definitely see where it's a cult favorite because there's definitely some – the beehive scene is one of my favorites. <laughs> the beehive yeah. scene. Um, the curling <laughs> iron scene, of course. That should go without saying. I mean, that was, um, but uh, – this I don't know. I think it, about like that's. It's not a ten out of ten. Though. I mean, come on. There's a you know, it's uh, it's missing some things. But all right, um, ten out of ten. Uh, I don't know. Well, um, I I don't think I can go higher than a seven. Uh, Miles, how do you feel about sleeping? Uh, I I was torn. I was thinking a lot about this uh, because I know you like to wind these up by rating films. <laughs> I want to say. At its worst, it definitely goes into sixth range and then some. But it is such a weird film. It's so not – I mean, in, in some ways it's like, okay, yeah, it's a slasher. People getting picked off at a camp. That's like the definition of tropes for slasher films. But then I remember when the movie was made and that the, these tropes, these things that are so cliched, didn't exist as thoroughly back then as they do now. Yeah, that's true the trendsetter and yeah so there's so there's that and then i thought on top of it um it is it's so fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) and and the way it ends especially it's so weird and it's so full of like bizarre imagery that i that i i think i would pump it up to a seven because it's as a slasher film in and of itself, like just with the kills and everything, there's nothing really particularly different about it. There's some of them are imaginative. I mean, killing people with bees is very different. The curling (laughs) iron is obviously different. Seven foot tall pot of water. I know. Come on. But then, (laughs) but ultimately you get to a point where you're like, there, there's some weird shit in this movie that you're just not going to see in any other fucking slasher that you are probably ever going to watch. And I think based on that, I could bump it up to a full seven, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would even be tempted to go eight for some of the, when you hear Miles talk about how creative and, you know, it did 
uh, break new ground, I guess, for slasher films. And they really did do a good job when you think back, like all the little clues they gave about uh, Angela, like the, the physical thing, you know, yeah. don't let them know where you got your physicals. And then, like they say, Angela will never take showers with the rest of the girls, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So oh, that there was a some... line we didn't even talk about where, like, Judy's oh. like, she's a real oh. carpenter's dream. <laughs> Flat as a board and needs a screw. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Come on, Miles. Let's go eight. Let's go eight for people. Yeah. Let's go eight. <laughs> but uh, I will say a uh, little too gay. A little too gay for me. I just, it kind of unnerved me at times. But, um, you know, I'm not as open-minded as Tuffy <laughs> or Larry, I guess. But I don't know. A little made me uncomfortable many times. But uh, yeah, <laughs> a little gay. But all right. Uh, Did it make you uncomfortable gay. because you oh, have well. a you have a secret that you you want to share with us today? Yeah, because yeah. I don't want people realizing that I like to wear jean shorts like that, and frankly, I don't want to beat it up, you know. So it made me. It made That's me only for the people who watch you shoot hockey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's between Mike Dell and the Oscar cutout. That's exactly right. <laughs> my jean shorts. I'm a never nude. I wear my jean shorts when I shower. <laughs> like, you know, so anyway, um, but Jank, I'm guessing you're 10 out of 10 on Sleepaway Camp. You love this film, right? 10 out of 10. Oh yeah, if I could give it an 11 out of 10, I would. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a good. It's definitely a great bad movie. Like uh, again, the boat, the boat scene at the beginning, kid getting murdered by a boat. Come on, Miles, that's an extra yeah. point. We should put that up to eight. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. So many of the movies I, we watch are just like a chore to get through. Whereas I could watch this movie over and over again. Really? And yeah, I could definitely yeah. rewatch this movie for sure. What? Yeah. Right. Tuffy, I am shocked. The acting is so <laughs> hilariously bad at times that it's, it's everything I like in a bad movie. Yeah, and like the uh, the softball scene and the water balloon scene are both just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Where these kids just let off this string of swears and disgusting insults. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess. Again, it's probably I, the best I like, ex- the... like example of a summer camp movie. Like it's better than, I mean, the Friday the 13th movies are better movies, but like they don't really dive into what it's like to be at a summer camp. Again, I'm not shitting yeah. on it. I'm, I'm giving it a good grade, a big a thumbs up. Yeah. I, Mike Dell, you're giving it a, you're pretty parsimonious. With your grades yes. on yes. on handing I out am. grades, and you're you're going full bore and and giving this film an I'll eight, an which eight. I'm yeah. kind of shocked about. Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't think it's a ten. I'm a little drawn, you know, tough of giving it a ten. That's caught me off guard. I'm much surprised at the, this, all right. the first movie we've had with a water skiing scene. So that helps. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> oh yeah, Tuffy does, is quite the water skiing. So, yeah, all right. Like uh, what about Jaws from 2? LA had a surfing scene, which was good, but not quite all the way there. Well, there's a there's a water there's a water skiing kill sequence in Jaws two. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Jaws two, but there's a full on water skiing kill sequence. I, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I guess uh, when I'm thinking of the there's no balloon like... drive by or a penis, but there there is a shark <laughs> chasing after a water skier. <laughs> Now, if the shark had a penis, that would have been amazing. That'd be yeah, yeah. Just the uh, blatant pedophilia kind of lowers the score for me on this movie. But you know, whatever. Well, but even the ending, like I would think, like the ending could be better. But then I guess if the ending's better, then it's not as terribly funny or goofy funny. You know what I mean? Like if it was a better ending. Yeah, it's like, not as so, memorable. 
Yeah. So yeah. I guess it, I guess that gives it. A, it, it's it's on brand that the ending is what it I mean, is. I, um, I give it credit too because the parts that are bad are so bad that I was actually laughing at them. <laughs> um, and the pedophilia, yeah. it's like I could see other movies that tried to mask or kind of hide the pedophilia. This one, it just puts it right out there for you. It's like, just, nope, this is right about people who want to fuck children running a <laughs> summer camp. Yeah. Uh. It was pointing things out before people were ready for it. Like the the guy who owns the camp or runs it or whatever, like they don't set no. him up to be like he's an old guy, but not necessarily creepy as far as like seventies, eighties guys go, I didn't think. And then all of a sudden when we get to the night off and he's like and also Meg goes to him and says, what about that yeah. date you promised me? And it's like, wait, yeah. why is Meg wanting to go fuck this yes. old gross guy? Yes. There's a bunch of like yeah. other 20-year-old sure men right who are all – I guess they're busy playing grab ass with each other down by the lake. Exactly but. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so there it is, sleepaway camp. Well, I'll never be the same again after experiencing sleepaway camp. <laughs> wow. uh, tremendous movie. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do two and three at some point on this on this show. Yeah, I'm I'm really, <laughs> really also, looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of they don't like Ricky is not even mentioned. I think there's like one throwaway line about Aunt Martha, but. It's like years later, she apparently went to like a psych ward and got a sex change, so she's fully a woman. She's <laughs> fully a woman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, Miles Watson, uh, any final uh, – were you been watching uh, – did you watch that new Halloween, Miles Watson, that came out on Peacock? I did. Well, I haven't seen Halloween Kills, but I did watch the Halloween to get ready for oh. Halloween Kills, which oh. I'm going to watch on Halloween oh. night. I figure oh, I'm going to – yeah, I figure I'm going to watch that. I watched the the Halloween uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know what to call it. it's it's Halloween. What is it? Twenty eighteen? Is that when it came out? Yeah, I think it's twenty eighteen. Wow, that long ago! Holy shit. Um, yeah. So I, it's not bad. Uh, it's not great, but yeah, it's definitely better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. It was like. There's a lot of homage to Halloween 2 and Halloween 4 in it while simultaneously not acknowledging that those movies exist. It's a direct sequel to the original. So it was kind of an interesting way that they paid homage to, to two of the, uh, the sequels, which they then turn around and say never happened. But that was kind of curious and if interesting. you thought that one had a lot of 2 and 4 in it, just wait till you see Halloween Kills. <laughs> Even oh, more so. Okay, I'm. I'm. That's that's intriguing. Uh, it was interesting that they kind of turned, they kind of turned Michael into a slasher, which in the first film he is definitely not a conventional slasher. He's not interested in piling up bodies or killing everybody he encounters. He has a specific thing that he wants to do with specific people. He's playing a game, reconstructing this <laughs> moment of his childhood with specific people. In Halloween two, he becomes more of a slasher. And, but he's really carving his way towards somebody. Like, he's killing everybody in the way of him getting at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis again. So in this film, it's more like he's just fucking offing people, <laughs> which I'm not too crazy about 
because Michael My- the thing that made Michael Miles different is that he I called him Michael Miles. That's a slip <laughs> of the tongue. Michael Myers. <laughs> different is that he he wasn't just out like Jason Voorhees is out to just kill people. He he's just a psychopathic monster. Whereas with Michael there's this this weird underlying game that he's playing with specific people. He's not really he's like he'll there's scenes where he literally walks into people in the original film and just doesn't do anything. He's not interested in killing them. Um so that that I'm not too crazy about, but I understand why they have to do it. You can't just keep doing that. Like you have to sequels have this rule which they laid down in Scream. I'm sure you're all familiar with the whole thing of like you gotta escalate every sequel body count. Yeah. <laughs> Inventiveness of deaths, gruesomeness of deaths, it all has to increase as time goes on. But uh I watched the movie and I thought, yeah, I mean like Considering there's been like 20 Halloween films at this point, and there's like four separate universes at this point, that that's what? a Halloween. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, well, if you think about it, Halloween three is its own universe, right? It has nothing to do with the other films. Oh, Halloween one and two, in theory, end the, sequ- the the series could end with two, but then it goes on with four. So one, two, and four, and five are all part of the same thing. Halloween six is kind of its own film. Then you have H2O no, rebooted the series. I think part of the one, two, four, and five. It is, it is, and it, yeah, I mean, but it's just a weird kind of like there's mystical shit going on, and there's, it's, yeah. it's very they weird. They started setting that up in that, five, though, like with that mysterious guy yeah. in black, so he was part of the thorn cult that comes in six, so. Oh, yeah, it's, it's. That was all a mess. And then you have, <laughs> well, then you have the H2O which tried to reboot Halloween, and then on top of it, you had that abysmal... Was it set at a water park? Why was it H2O? That's just what they called Because it was 20 years after Halloween. They made a Halloween film (laughs) called it H2O, which is a pretty forgettable movie. It's not terrible, but it's forgettable. And then they made a sequel to H2O, which was absolutely an abomination. And then, like, so there's, like, this whole... And those movies presuppose that none of the other movies had happened, I think, except the first one. So... Was that that sequel called H2O2? (laughs) What was that sequel called? I don't remember what it was called. That was uh, Halloween Resurrection. Oh, Halloween Resurrection. And then Rob Zombie (laughs) came along and did his fucking two-part thing, his shit fest of... uh, I mean, he is a shit fest, but, like... He did his desecration of the original with a two-part uh, thing. So it's like there have been a million Halloween movies, and, and there's like six different universes, if you want to call like timelines or whatever. So yeah, this I movie no being idea. a direct sequel to the – yeah, to being the direct sequel to the original is kind of like, okay, let's just pretend none of that happened soap opera style, which I'm okay with, you know, just fucking – Yeah. But keeping that in mind – it, it, they the the writers you know had a big task ahead of them in the sense that like okay there's been 15 fucking Halloween movies how do we come at this with something new to say you know I and I making Lori Strode a survival nut I think was as good as as good a you know an approach as any <laughs> I've never you seen know any the of that was though but but at least I knew that Jason Voorhees wasn't the killer unlike tough. <laughs> I was gonna say the uh, they make Jamie like Jamie Lee. Uh, she's uh, she's basically spent forty years preparing for Michael Myers, you know, to get out of. If he breaks out again, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. And so she's been gun training, yeah, a lot of stuff, eating a lot of Activia. 
Um, <laughs> and so finally, Activia. <laughs> she's very regular. And she fucking sucks at it. Like, yeah, she does, she does everything suck at stupid. It. Like, eventually, like they're in the they're in the basement, which is all barricaded off. Like, oh, there's only one way in. So if he wants to come kill us, he has to go through this one way. And they're like, all right, I'm gonna sit here with a gun. And then like five minutes later, she's like, well, I'm gonna go room to room and look for him. Like, <laughs> you fucking dumbass. Yeah. 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 She does kind of suck. Like she spent this. forty years preparing for this moment, and it's well, it's no. almost like it's almost like Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode is is the military of every country. They spend decades <laughs> training for the next war, right? Yes. And then the next war happens, and they fuck everything up, and it's all a bunch of disasters. And you're like, dude, what were you doing well, for wow. forty years? In fairness, I've been preparing for life for over 40 years, and I fuck it up every day. <laughs> so. Okay, so what you're saying is you need to be in the third Halloween film, yes. Halloween End, which is coming out, I think, next year. I just take a yeah. long nap, and Michael Myers kills me in my sleep. But, uh, oh, that's a good way hey, to have go. You, have, you been, uh, have you been watching? I know you told me you were watching a bunch of Halloween movies, or at least horror movies, throughout the month. Your own personal Shocktober. Have you seen any anything new or good that you'd like to tell the kids about? I honestly haven't seen anything new beyond the Halloween film. I am watching, uh, after I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to be watching a movie called The Prowler, which Prowler. You mentioned is that a 19... Yeah, it's a, it's a Tom Savini, who's kind of a scumbag. I've met him, but... He he is somewhat <laughs> legendary in the effects industry. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about some some sleepaway camp t- style behavior from oh, him, but uh, oh, that's no. as far as I'll go now. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the uh, that film, I'm I'm curious to see because it's a slasher that I've never seen before. And then there's a film called uh, Hold on, I wrote some of these down. Turned out that I have not seen as many films from this era as I thought that I had seen. I've never seen The Prowler. I had never seen Sleepaway Camp. I'd seen, you know, pieces of it. But And then there's a film called Happy Birthday to Me, which came out in 1981, which I've never seen. So I'm thinking about watching all of those films um, and then watching Halloween Kills on Halloween night. So I'll have like four or five new ones in the bank um, this year, which is overdue because I've been watching the old school ones to death. Uh, pun not intended. I've been watching the fucking shit out of them, and I'm like, okay, you, you need to you need to find some new shit, meaning old <laughs> shit that I've never seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because modern horror is pretty shit. It's been shit hey. for God knows how long, yeah. decades. But, uh, Jank, Jank, what was that Korean one you mentioned the other day, the other week on the show that the uh, uh, train? Oh yeah, have you watched Squid or... Game yet, Miles? I have not, and and I I was looking at. I mean, everybody's talking about it. And it struck me as a little bit like Battle Royal. Yeah. I could be yeah. wrong, but it struck yeah, me as Battle so Royal. Yeah, it's battle, but it's, it's more like they make him play kid games, but if you lose, you die type thing. Okay. I didn't yeah, know that. It's pretty, All right. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Koreans well, well, are doing some good stuff with horror. No, yeah, Koreans, if you ever seen, if you ever want to watch a really disturbing horror film from Korea, if you haven't seen it, I Saw the Devil will fuck you up for a while. I've heard about that. That I've is a fucked it, up but... horror movie. 
<laughs> but, uh, Jank, what about that one you mentioned, the, the Korean one, uh, Train to Busan or something like that about ghosts? Yeah, Busan? Train to Busan. Yes, yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it. One. That one's really good. I think it's on Tubi or something like that, one of those. Maybe Amazon. Yeah, yeah the Koreans about- take horror to, to disturbing extremes. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they still like actually do a better job of telling a story and having characters that oh, yeah. you actually care yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, Korean how films many, are uh, very well made. They have a really good cinema. But how many pairs of yeah. jean shorts do they feature in their films? Yeah. Well and I saw the devil, you get a cannibal, you get like you get some you get some disturbing shit in that film. <laughs> There's some shit that goes down before the credits are even over, where you're like, "Wow, okay, this is this, this is a horror movie." Okay, <laughs> definitely not ambiguous. There's really fucked up, disturbing shit in this film. I'm gonna have to watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, sold the ticket. There's no curling irons, but the, basically it, it's it's one of those movies that 45 minutes into the film, the hero catches the serial killer who murdered his pregnant wife. So you're like, okay, I've seen a complete film in 45 minutes, but this is like two hours and some long. What's going to happen now? Torture? <laughs> and, well, yeah, but it's not just one-sided torture. I don't know. <laughs> it's... It's a, it's like a fucked up ping pong match between this revenge obsessed guy and this serial killer who's a monster, the complete monster. And then, then he runs into another serial killer who's a cannibal. So you're like, oh wow, oh, that's weird. Wait, didn't see <laughs> that coming? <laughs> and wow. yeah, like he's got a buddy who's a cannibal, and it's just like. Dude, I'm never going to Korea ever after seeing that film. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going. No, fuck it. There's yeah. cannibals. You can see there's pregnant women killing monsters. That's not good odds. Yeah, there's 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 a there's the good guy forcing a bad guy to eat a GPS tracker. There's a a guy caught jerking off um, who's a child molester at his oh, wow. computer. His his erection is interrupted. One might say by the hero. Oh no! <laughs> I think using a dumbbell. I don't remember, but um, oh shit! It's uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's fascinating because like it seems like it's just going to be the standard revenge film. Like this guy did something horrible to me, so I'm going to go get him. But that's 45 minutes into the film, and then you're like, well, where are they going to go from here? <laughs> and that's where the fascination of the film comes in because they find ways to yeah, keep they it going. Inventive. It gets weird. All right. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a it's a thorough it's a thorough horror film. It's a competition, basically. One might say. Oh, all right. Oh, I'm in. That to the list. <clears throat> so, all right, there you go. Well, Miles Watson, uh, I guess we'll let you go. You've already been on here for. You've more than served your uh, punishment for. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> you did in a past life, you've now been on this show. My punishment hours. was my dismal performance at Jeopardy, but I never did like game shows. Fuck game shows and fuck Al. uh, at least you got to experience sleepaway camp um yeah now you you haven't seen pieces of it you haven't just seen pieces of it now you have seen the piece 
of Sleepaway Camp. It's true. <laughs> I've seen I've yeah. seen the full Monty that Sleepaway Camp has to offer. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, Miles Watson. Let's remind everybody again. Go to Amazon.com. Cage of Life, Knuckle Down, Sinners Cross, Devils You Know, uh, or One Nine Books.com. Go there. You can find them. Uh, yeah. Anything new, Miles? Anything coming out new? Are you close? Uh, to yeah, there's going to be some stuff. It's uh, I am I'm very close to finishing some stuff to finally. Um, so I'm hoping before the end of the year to have at least one good new release coming out. I've released some short stories this year and stuff like that just to release something, you know, because it's like it's been a while. But um, I'm definitely going to put something out this year. I've been busy with a, a nonfiction project with our your frequent guest Pat Piccarelli. Um, so I have, I hope to have some news about that before too long, but you know how the industry goes. So yes. you never know when news is, is uh, going to be delayed or possibly never come out at all. But exactly yeah, right. there, there's definitely going to be something new before too long because uh, it's been a while. I was bogged down writing my, my first horror novel, which has only taken five years. So, you know, <laughs> it's almost done. Should be done the next couple of weeks. Well, um, yeah, it's going to be done now because... The basic premise. Well, there's a curling iron scene now and a beehive scene. <laughs> yeah. No, no, now I have to remove the curling iron beehive scene that I'd originally <laughs> written because I didn't know someone else had uh, beaten me to the punch. Yeah. Well, if you combine them both in one scene, then that's new and original. Creeping yeah. <laughs> a beehive with a curling iron. Attacked with a yeah. curling iron, stumbles into a beehive. And that's, that actually sounds like most of my days at work. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, did you have a title for this horror project? My working title is simply called Something Evil, which actually I've decided to probably keep as my uh, actual title because it just uh, seems to make sense. And uh, I'm working on cover. I'm at that point now where I'm close enough with the first draft uh, to do that. And I was considering punishing you by making you read it because it's like a horror yeah, epic, kind of okay. like it. So it's really yeah. long. Um, oh, and it's, it's going to need a lot of drafts and everything because it's really a giant story. It's like a giant story. It goes over a couple of years. There's a ton of characters. A lot of people get knocked off. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big canvas. It's, it's one of those things I had intended to write something straightforward. It was from a script that I had written with, with a guy, Will Hook, out in, um, in L.A. The script just didn't work because the story idea we came up with was way too big for a one-off film. It was just way too big for a movie. So the script just didn't work. So I got the idea, since we put years of effort into the script, I was like, I'm going to see if I can turn this into a book. And five years later, five years <laughs> of agonizing struggle later, I think now I'm coming to the finish line of the first draft. So thank God. We'll keep us posted. Thank and, uh, and apparently Mike L makes movies, so you could sell him your script. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure he'll make yes. it up. And up yeah, there I in just Canada. learned that Mike L is making movies. And uh, before we recorded Flea Market Fantasy last night, and he was uh, very frazzled because uh, uh, the, the place where he was going to shoot a scene, now they won't let him shoot the scene there because they're going on vacation for like three weeks. So he can't shoot the scene there. <laughs> So I, I had no idea Mike Hill had this other life going on where he's making movies. I, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to movie making. He's going he to make know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to uh, do that. But all right, Miles Watson, well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate the time, and 
best of luck on your Halloween in your Halloween the king yeah. or whatever that's called. But, um, yeah, I'll let you know uh, in future what I think of uh, Halloween Kills. We'll oh, maybe yeah. have yeah. a Halloween discussion some point down the road. That'll be interesting. Jank had his whole family over to watch it. He, he busts in the <laughs> Janks from all across Not the, the whole country family, to watch but, yeah. Halloween Kills. <laughs> they, they gathered at the tribe to watch Halloween Kills. The uh, the overall consensus from the Jank family, not so good. <laughs> oh, ouch. Uh, well, okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. All right, so well. Big shoes to walk in. But, but I'm curious. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> what you say, everybody? I'll see you at Sleepaway Camp with Al. <laughs> <laughs> right, Thank you very much. See you, Miles. There he goes. Miles Watson. Uh, again, go buy his books. And uh, Knuckle Down, Cage Life, Sinners Cross, Devils You Know. All right, hey, Tuffy, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Would you like to discuss the uh, Columbo episodes you watched this week? <laughs> oh, uh, we're running <laughs> short on here. I don't know if we can squeeze Columbo in. I did watch the movie. <laughs> All right, well, what movie did you watch, Tuffy? Ooh. I watched Columbo. Wait, you, you cut um, out on me. I didn't hear you. I watched Tenet, the most recent Christopher Nolan movie. Oh. Uh, last year. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's got uh, Robert Pattinson's in it. That's the only person whose name I remember of the actors. Mike Mike L loves that guy. He uh, yeah. <laughs> he would like to go to sleepaway camp with Robert Pattinson. I think he really likes that. <laughs> He's good in this. So the, yeah, the movie starts with there's a guy who's like a, you know, secret operative agent. I think they say he's in the CIA eventually. And they're trying to steal back some plutonium. Or no, they're trying to extract a, a covert agent who's been uncovered. <laughs> this sounds a little so like the Malibu operation. Express. Wait a minute. Huh? Are they doing Are they ripping off the Malibu the Express? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they go to, you know, recover this covert agent, and then uh, he goes, and there's a weird thing that happens where, like, a backward time thing happens. The bullet flies back into a gun while he's doing it. So then uh, he gets captured and takes a suicide pill and then wakes up again, and they say that was just a test. And now he's recruited into this new uh, agency where they don't really explain what they're doing. They just say they're trying to save the world. And long story short is – in the future, some scientists figured out how to reverse time. So if you go in this machine, you can time travel backwards, but only at, like, the rate that time is traveling forwards, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. I'm okay. By that. I, don't, I don't know what that means. Like, it's not what back to that? the future. So you're not, not very quickly. Yeah, so, like, as time is progressing forward, you are just moving backwards through that time. I'm still very confused. For every minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're basically just yeah. still. Like, a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah. So, like, if you want to go back <laughs> in time, you have to spend a week going back through that week. And then you can go find the machine again, walk back through it, time will start going forward again. <laughs> oh, so you're, think you're the, living your life in reverse? That's what you're saying? Yes, you are experiencing the world in reverse, basically. The, the, I think the way the movie described it is they 
That makes no they sense. They figured out a way to reverse <laughs> the entropy of mass or something like that. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, because it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It's kind of like uh, Inception where, like, so people are going forward in time, backwards in time, because then there's the the bad guy is the first person who discovered this. So they're passing each other uh, on the street. Someone's walking backwards. Someone's walking. Hey, I'll see you later. Yeah, I'm going back in time. So if you are, if you are in the forwards time, and you come across one of these people who are going backwards in time, like you see them walking backwards. You see them like if they're driving a car, the car is going backwards. <laughs> That's not going to cause any traffic accidents. That's going to yeah. Be- well, does only everybody like talk like. Well, Tuffy, does everybody talk like the little guy in Twin Peaks? Oh, that's right. You can't get that reference because you've never watched Twin Peaks. But, uh, did he say <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought it was it was a really good movie. I thought. I mean, it gets All a right. little confusing sometimes. They explain yeah. it better than I did. I'll say that. <laughs> I hope so. But. Uh, also, the thing that uh, struck me was this guy was taking a test where he took the suicide pill, and then he woke up, and they said, hey, it's just a test. Wouldn't that imply he failed the test if he took the suicide pill? <laughs> like, maybe you no, don't like want he was willing going on your mission. No, he was willing to take the suicide pill rather than, you know, divulge whatever oh. secrets or knowledge he had. But I, I don't know. I would like the guy who doesn't get in a situation where he has to take a suicide pill. <laughs> maybe that's the guy you want to send on your mission. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I would be looking. That's yeah, what I would Johnny be looking doesn't for. suck at his job. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not not as good as sleepaway camp, but you know, I would say like an eight <laughs> eight out of ten. Few things are. We'll keep an eye on it. Tenant. All right. Uh, Jank, did you watch any movies? Uh just Halloween Kills. That's the only thing I the only movie I watched. Yeah, and you apparently weren't a big fan. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it got ridiculous. Like it started out okay. I was kind of like, all right, this is, you know, this isn't too bad. And then it kind of just fell off a cliff as it went along. Like some of the kills were cool looking. There were some cool like gore effects and stuff, but the plot was just all over the fucking place. All right. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Oh yeah, did you go see Dune? No, didn't even bother. Yeah, <laughs> is it getting good reviews? Uh, I think so. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, like, it, the visually stunning as hell, but boring, and, you know, <laughs> no one cares about the characters at all. That's like, kind oh. of what I'm hearing the same thing about Eternals, right? Eternals, it's like, oh, yeah. it's so good, but the story's not so good. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like the lowest rated uh, Marvel movie ever so far. But, but it's still at, like, 65 or something, right? Or it's not, like, 30 or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's still like sixty-five. But um, but yeah, that that movie is gonna eat it, I think. It yeah, we should. It looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, no one even knows who the fuck the Eternals are. Like, no one wants to watch the Eternals. Yeah. I don't know. has ninety percent <laughs> audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? So the audience likes it. Right. How has the audience even seen it? It's not out for people yet. <laughs> that could be. Mike L saw it. And he <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mike L has not seen it yet. We did. We uh, for the flea market fantasy we recorded last night. Uh, we do the first issue of the Eternals from 1976. So you can get all your Eternals news from the flea market fantasy. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And then, uh, uh, Jack, Jack Kirby. He, he told me you picked uh, Clash of Champions issue three. Yeah, Contest of Champions. Oh, yeah. Contest yeah. Um, Clash of Champions is old WCW pay-per-views. Clash of Champions. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. going to read about yeah, some superheroes read... beating up on each other. Yeah, I read this a uh, few years back. I remember I read it. Um, but uh, we'll save the review. But they basically, they, they set up a premise, <laughs> and then they ignored the premise at the end because they forgot to keep score. Oh, good. Basically. <laughs> 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 oh, um, no. Why can't these things ever end in it? No. No, I never yeah, did. They... They have competitions. Superheroes are fighting, you know, other teams, and then like whoever wins wins the contest. And then they just score. They they make a, a scoring oh, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this is why you can never have good fights, even if it's just like, oh man, who's gonna win? The Hulk versus the Thing. No one ever fucking yeah. wins. My God, oh, ended. It's it's the same <laughs> like wrestling when they get uh, when they get two promotions <laughs> together. They someone no one can go over. You got to have a DQ finish. Everyone gets disqualified. Yeah. You can't have anyone go over. <laughs> yeah, can't have That's the whole thing stronger. Than, yeah, I know. Um, Tuffy, uh, anything in wrestling? Hey, Charlotte got in trouble on wrestling. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, no. Got in trouble. Well, last week on uh, I guess it was SmackDown or I think it was SmackDown. Becky uh, was the uh, Raw or the SmackDown champ, and Charlotte was the Raw champ. But they got drafted to the opposite shows, so they were supposed to have a belt switch. They were just going to switch the belts, but uh, they they decided what was going to be backstage that at some point Charlotte was going to give the belt to Becky, and Becky was going to hold up both belts so the crowd could go nuts and cheer Becky two belts, and then she was going to th- give her belt to Charlotte or throw it at Charlotte. But Charlotte didn't want to do that, and uh, so then when they went out on the end of the ring. Charlotte decided to not do that, and she, like, pulled the belt away from Becky and then dropped it on the ground, and everyone got pissed at Charlotte for not following the script, and there was a big controversy. So, And I guess uh, Becky, backstage, Becky huh? was waiting for her, and she, like, yelled at her, and they were getting into a big fight, and then Sonya Deville was mad, too, because she was the one who was uh, overseeing the belt transfer, and the fact that Charlotte went into business for herself got Sonya mad, and they were all mad at Charlotte. And they had to have security escort Charlotte from the building, apparently, according to rumor. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, I, mean, uh, I, I saw SmackDown tonight, though. Charlotte let off the show tonight, right? She wrestled Shotzi Blackheart. So. I thought it went fine because they don't need Becky to get over because she's supposed to be a heel right now. So why does that yeah. matter? I But I guess the, the thing is um, – you know, it's a it's a issue of trust with your fellow performers. You go out there trusting that they're going to do what they're supposed yeah. to do, and then they don't do it. It mm-hmm. makes you look stupid. You know, um, I mean, they covered it up. It, it seems like that would be something heel Charlotte would do would throw the belt on the ground. You know, but um, yeah, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, I guess it's just backstage that wasn't what was supposed to happen. So it's like, uh, and I guess Charlotte apparently she's been acting out for a while now, and a lot of people are sick of her backstage, and there's all kind of heat going on with Charlotte. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Damn. I did watch uh, part of Halloween Havoc Tuesday night also. Saw oh, Mandy yeah. Rose win. Ooh, Mandy Rose. Good Lord. Is she looking good? Good Lord. Yeah. Um, Jake, do you know who Mandy Rose is? Any idea? No. All right. She's you a very good, yeah, she's a very good-looking blonde lady, but now in NXT she hangs back. She has dark hair. And i got to tell you, Tuffy, I'm liking Mandy Rose with the dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> And and her Andy gear is kind of like a Tomb Raider ripoff, but hotter. 
<laughs> I don't know. I like yeah. her gear. Too. <laughs> yeah, she, so she's your champion now in NXT. It seems a little bold. Um, I don't know if Mandy's exactly champion material, but, um, I mean, she's real strong and athletic and everything, but she looks great. Not exactly a good promo. Yeah. Not exactly a great wrestler. She's okay. She's serviceable, but <laughs> yeah, not exactly. You guys get too you... hung up on wrestling. <laughs> no, but you just not think about champion. <laughs> yeah, he's not complaining. I just think as a champion, you want someone who's either really good in the ring, who can elevate everyone who works with them, or really good on the mic, and she's neither of those things. So I don't know how great of a champion she's going to be, but all right, we'll see. Um, but she <laughs> looks good with she's the belt. Champion. Yeah, she looks great with the belt, but, you know. Yeah, that's half the battle right there. <laughs> uh, you can walk right. to the ring with the belt. You're good enough. All right, we got about 10 minutes. Jank, uh, what, what Columbus did you watch? Ooh, uh, time to fire off some Columbus. Else. We got to cover. Because <laughs> I've watched uh, a lot so of watch- yeah. Oh, nice. I watched three of them. Uh, okay. So I made it through three episodes. Uh, season 10, episode 2, Caution, Murder Can Be Hazardous to Your Health. This was the previously mentioned George Hamilton episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets uh, – <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's a – Coffee, he's kind of like an America's Most Wanted TV host, you know, cracking out on a yeah, crime. Yeah. But, he's, but some guy is mad that he stole the job from him. So he dug up dirt of his past that George Hamilton used to do porn movies in his youth. You know, he's blackmailing with the porn. The hills have thighs. And uh, he's going to get him arrested. <laughs> or he's going to get him to lose his job or whatever. So then George Hamilton kills him by poisoning his cigarettes. And I like mm-hmm. this one because Columbo knows right away, the first two minutes of the investigation, <laughs> that someone monkeyed As with he usually cigarette. does. But he spotted it right away. Tuffy, you would know this as all your history with darts. But he noticed yeah. that the cigarettes in the ashtray had no uh, nicotine stains on the filter. So they weren't smoked. They were just burned. They weren't smoked. They weren't inhaled. Mm. You know? So he's like, yeah. right away, something's fishy with these cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's one of the episodes where Columbo knows the killer right off the bat. And it's just a uh, cat and mouse, how he can get them. Yeah. I feel like that's most episodes. He usually picks up on it pretty Yeah, for the most part, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So so then the big decision is, how do I entrap them into confessing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How do I make up some trial? Yeah, some crazy story. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good episode. uh, The the big clue is a dog scratching the car door of Columbo's beloved French car. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, this dog is a fucking nuisance. Apparently, he just scratches up everyone's yeah. car. And not like yeah, everyone tiny who, scratches. These things are very noticeable. Everyone who pulls in, the dog goes over at the window and starts scratching. And, uh, but that's how they yeah. proved that the killer was at the scene, that the dog scratched his car, so he had to be there. So. There's like, yeah, four claws on one hand and three on the other. <laughs> like, it's a very unique pattern. <laughs> Thank God this dog was mutilated in a young age. Now we can arrest you for murder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. What what was the second Columbo episode? Uh, the next one was episode or, uh, season ten, episode three, Columbo and the murder of a rock star. Now this it's, one uh, is Dabney interesting. Coleman. Yeah, Dabney <laughs> Coleman plays a famous lawyer who has a mistress that he's getting kind of tired yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to kick her to the curb. And <laughs> she used to be a former rock star who's 
having an affair with her drummer who used to be in her band. And, yeah, her uh, former drummer, yeah. Yeah. And um, but so that then Dabney Coleman kills her, the mistress, but he doesn't kill the drummer. He tries to frame the drummer for the murder. He drugs them both and then kills her. And so he wakes up next to a dead body and he's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, that kind of deal. <laughs> but then Dabney Coleman's partner in his law firm figures it out. And she starts blackmailing mm-hmm. him, to be, so she wants to be his next wife, and uh, because you know, hey, you marry me, I can't testify against you or whatever that kind of thing, and I'll keep it quiet as long as you marry me. Now, here's an interesting bit of trivia I just found out, Jank. I know I it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Tell the kids that your trivia. Uh, that woman who wants to marry Dabney Coleman there is Columbo's in 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 real life. The you know the actual Mrs. Columbo basically. Peter yeah, Falk's Peter wife. Falk. Peter Falk's wife. Now tell the kids how yeah, much younger she is years. than Peter Falk. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know, but I would say conservatively at least twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I think she's like twenty-two years, at least twenty-two years younger than Peter Falk. Yeah, uh, he, it's his second yeah. wife. He was married uh, once to another lady, and then he was apparently filming some movie, and he saw this lady walking down the street, and he just went over to and hit on her. And it was love at first sight, and uh, they were married the rest of his life. She was with him all the way to the end. Yeah. So how about that? That means I, I got to wait a couple they years. They reference before her I can on start. his tombstone. Yeah. Yeah, I got to yeah, wait a couple years because I'd be hitting on fifteen-year-olds right now. Well, you'd be fine if you're the director <laughs> of sleepaway camp. That's right, yeah. in the wheelhouse. <laughs> if you were Mel. Uh, <laughs> but that, that Columbo, he's a tomcat. And here's something else I found out. Yeah. Apparently, when I was reading about Peter Falk and his young, you know, young bride, that uh, people at the time considered Peter Falk a sex symbol. What? <laughs> <laughs> How is that? Well, possible? the glass eye that does it. Yes. <laughs> that old grumpy oh. guy with the glass eye is a sex symbol. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> So they sell him like you know, Colombo uh, like calendars that had pictures of him topless and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. Just flexing. I I can't tell you how many times I had to read that sentence. I had to. <laughs> I, I surely I missed a word. No, it said the sex symbol. All right. Um, yeah. That's a good episode. I like that episode. Dabney yeah, that's such some good moments. I like when he was uh, he was investigating like the champagne bottles and he's like. Oh, it's all about the pop and the spritz. Yeah. <laughs> pop and the spritz. Yeah, because he's like, ah, he was in a romantic situation, and in, in such a situation, it's all about the pop and the spritz. And I couldn't echo yeah, that be doing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you always have to have the pop and the spritz. Otherwise, it's not romantic. So, all right, but yeah, that's a good uh, there's, episode. There's a great scene where uh, they, they're going to that fancy-ass restaurant, and, like, Dabney Coleman's like, oh, I'm too upset <laughs> to eat. I'm just going to have, like, a soup. And Columbo's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm not too hungry either. And then he names, like, everything on the menu, basically. <laughs> like, bring me a steak and yeah. some artichokes and <laughs> some corn on the cob. And yeah, he keeps listing shit forever. Dab- Dabney Coleman's picking up the tab, <laughs> so he's going to eat it up. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene. All right, and then I watched one more. <laughs> I think this is the one we've all been waiting to talk about. Uh, this monkey? is episode four. Death hits the jackpot. Yeah, the corn and a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Tuffy. And also, 
Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You take it. Oh, this uh, <laughs> Rip Torn's wife in this one was Betsy Palmer, who played uh, Mrs. Voorhees in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, so it's very I had no idea. <laughs> Halloween appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She was the killer in the first one, right? Was it the mother, the killer in the first yeah. Friday the Thirteenth? Yep, sure was. All right, um, but uh, the monkey uh, in this situation here, Tuffy. So Rip Torn plays this uh, jeweler who uh, is uh, his finances are a wreck. He needs money, mm-hmm. and then here he finds out his nephew, who's going through a divorce, hits the lottery. He wins like thirty million dollars, but his nephew doesn't want to claim the money because if he did, he'd have to give half to his wife because he's still married. So they cock, come up with this plan like, "Hey, Rip Torn says, hey, I'll cash the winning. I will say I won the ticket." And then I'll give you some money under the table when no one's looking. You know? That way yeah. you don't have to yeah. give your wife any money. But then, of course, he rips horn. <laughs> Once he gets the money, he's putting the nephew up. Like, well, we got to wait. We got to wait. We got to have time. You know, we can't just have you all of a sudden yeah. having money. Got to give it time. But the nephew keeps pestering him, so he eventually has to kill the nephew. And there's and unfortunately, he picks the time to kill the nephew when the nephew is chimp sitting. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's babysitting his neighbor's chimp. <laughs> yeah. Pal is all the time. This chimp was fantastic. He's always yeah. wearing a little, like, wearing clothes. Well, it's a little chimp. It's a little, like, baby chimp yep. kind of. He's wearing a shirt and suspenders and a kilt. Like, a, like not pants, but a kilt. And he's jumping mm. around. Yeah. <laughs> and Columbo, like, I love fantastic. Him. They bond immediately. And, and then there's this young hippie girl who is hot, and she's, like, hitting on Columbo. Like, she was in her yeah. 30s or 40s, probably, but Columbo, she's young. And, and she's, like, hitting on Columbo, like, oh, I find that very attractive that you're so considerate of animals. <laughs> and she really wants to get on Columbo, and he's just worried sure about did. He's like, hey, hey, little chimpy. How you doing, chimpy? And uh, he loved the chimp. And uh, good news, Toppy. Well, sounds like the Italian lady was trying to hook Columbo up with his knees, too. (laughs) But uh, the chimp plays a pivotal role in, in, you know, figuring out the case. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Tell him the key clue, Jank. So there's a bunch of pictures. uh, Or actually, the first thing, I guess, is um, when Columbo's there, the monkey's playing with Columbo's badge. He really likes the badge because it's all shiny. And then there's a bunch of pictures of the monkey (laughs) playing with shiny metal objects. And so that kind of gives Columbo the idea, hey, wait a minute, this this monkey likes metal things. So he dusts the uh, the medallion that this guy was wearing for the costume party on the night of the murder for fingerprints. And he's like, oh, these aren't your fingerprints, sir. These are the monkey's fingerprints. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the chimp's fingerprints. Caught the killer. Yep. That proves oh, that amazing. you were there in his apartment that night. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> All because he was chimp sitting. Like when you were like, how did the writer come up with that idea? All right, that's a got an idea over a chimp. All right. What haven't we done yet? <laughs> and it's not even like it's the victim's chimp. He's chimp sitting for his neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy in the building. We'll call him Ross. Has a monkey. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, it is very good. I love that episode. Yeah. Rip Horn was great. He's talking with like a southern accent yeah. the whole time. Oh yeah, it was it was bad. It would kind of come in and out, but it was hilarious. Yeah, very good episode. So, all right, well, we're about to run out of time. I think any second now the show's going to end. But uh, yeah, so we yeah we're coming close. We got to thank uh, thanks, Tuffy. Thanks to Jank. Thanks to the Miles Watson. 
thanks to Sleepaway Camp, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> the movie yeah. that keeps on giving. Yeah, next week, I guess, uh, whose turn is it to pick? Is it Jank? Because I guess this counted as mine. Uh, yeah, I guess so. All right, Jank. Pick All right, one. I'll pick them. Remember, yeah, Beastmaster's still on the table. Too. <laughs> no, Beastmaster's <laughs> off the table. It has been shoved <laughs> off the table. It's been retired. <laughs> it is no longer on the table. So, yeah. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> or right. Cherry 2000. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but so until next time, uh, oh, shoot, the show just ended. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're so close. I know. It's so close. That much. Because my, my clock's always off by a minute. So I knew I, it's like that Seinfeld episode where you're driving the car. You know the gas is running out. You just don't know when. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Almost made it. But, uh, oh. All right, I like that Columbo uh, episode where the guy set the, you know, he reset the guy's watch, but he didn't realize that the guy always sets it five minutes fast, so he's not late. <laughs> I, I, who was the killer in that? I don't remember. Uh, I think that was one of the Shatner ones, actually. Where he oh, did the okay. Whole fake I, VCR thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, where he was the TV detective. That one. I haven't seen that one in yeah. a very long time. Because there's another Shatner <laughs> one coming up. Like when I woke up Ooh. today, like there's a Shatner episode ending, so it's coming up. So. Oh, I hope he is a monkey. No, he doesn't have a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> there's, Damn it. there's a Faye. I think my next episode, uh, there's a Faye Dunaway episode coming up, and uh, I'm I'm reading, I'm watching yeah. one right now with Greg Evigan and uh, Tyne Daly. <laughs> I have Agnes. no idea who Greg Evigan is. Oh, Greg Evigan, my two dads. <laughs> He was in BJ and the Bear, where he he drove a truck with a chimp. He had a pet chimp. Oh bear. yeah, yeah. He was in my two dads. Okay. But um. Wow, what man, a career. Pine Daly. I think a, no one's ever going to hear this gold you guys are doing right now <laughs> on extra <Talk. laughs> All yeah, right, they lost. <laughs> we'll Tommy's got things to do. But, all right, uh, all right, fellas. I got nothing to do, but. All right, Tuffy, there's a few going on right now, I think, right? There's a champion. Isn't there a few? It's done already? I don't know. I think it started at 9 o'clock, I think. Oh, I better get to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You only got all night to plow. <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it, as always. And, uh, talk Later, to you guys. Week, guys. Later. <laughs>